This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the sleigh, and today is a big sleigh because we have our first guest of Wayseeker Season 2, our first official guest. But first, before we get into all that, welcome back to This is the Wayseekers, a weekly Star Wars podcast where every week we navigate our way through the Star Wars galaxy. I'm Austin, aka Star Wars Editor, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts Chelsea and Tom. Chelsea, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about what we're talking about this week with a guest. Uh, just, yeah, feeling very, very excited to chat with everyone tonight. Yes, me too. And Tom, how are you doing this week? I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go on a tangent about how terrible my week has been. Uh, it's actually been okay, but I do that every week Sorry. and all I do is complain. So we're not going to complain this week. We're just going to have a good time. Yes. And we're going to try and stay awake. <laughs> Glad to hear that. No negative Nancy, Tom, today. So no bad takes, right? Well, we're not going to have to bully you. There's always a bad you need a, You need something to clip. So I'm always going to have a bad take. You're going to be able to bully me on Twitter. You're right. Thank you for the concept. <laughs> Anyways, our first official guest of This is the Way Seeker Season 2 is none other than Ahsoka X Tano, a longtime friend of mine. Michelle, how are you doing this week? I'm good. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Y'all are so fun. Uh, and yeah, Austin, I've known you for so long. Chelsea, we've become friends more recently. And Thomas is my first time meeting you. But um, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a grand old time here. Uh, this is the Way Seekers. But yes, you guys may know Michelle uh, from Instagram. Uh, her username is Ahsoka X Tano. She does a lot of content about Star Wars animation. I think that I would say that's your specialty, correct, Michelle? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Amazing. So it definitely made sense to have you on this episode because this week we're talking about Forces of Destiny. Well, it's basically become a forgotten Star Wars TV show. Um, but you can watch it on Disney Plus. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of great stuff. Um, and we'll get into all that stuff later on. But as always, we have our hot leg Mustafar take this week. We've gone around the circle and we're right back to where we started with Chelsea and their take this week. So Chelsea, just take it away. What's your hot take this week? Yeah, so I guess in the theme of talking about animation, I would say that Rebels Ahsoka is my favorite Ahsoka. Like, prefer her over the Clone Wars. Not that I don't love Ahsoka in almost all of her iterations, but Rebels Ahsoka is truly top-tier Ahsoka, and I love her. And Rebels-era Ahsoka, compared from animation to live-action, they are different people. I have never seen that live-action Rebels-era Ahsoka as the same Ahsoka we see in Rebels. Um, I know practically there are certain things you can, can't do with effects, but I'm like, you're fucking Star Wars, like... Right. And now people that they've lengthened her leku are like, be grateful. It looks a little better. I'm like, no, I don't want it to look better. I want it to look good. <laughs> yes. You want it to but look anyway. like Ahsoka. Rebels Ahsoka. I definitely agree. I think Rebels Ahsoka is my favorite Ahsoka out of the bunch. Because, I mean, I feel like that's where, you know, 
her character really. That's where she peaks. That's where we get to see you know the top tier Soka. Well, maybe not because if 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 later on Ahsoka was in animation, I think maybe that's where her peak would be. But anyways, I want to hear Michelle's take on this because her username is Ahsoka X Tano. So <laughs> yeah, like... um, yeah, quite quite the unoriginal username, but <laughs> it was a different world back then. Uh, in 2012 anyway i digress (laughs) i love ahsoka obviously um she is such an important character to me and to like my love of star wars and how and how she shaped the my outlook on star wars um i totally agree that animation is different than live action and quite honestly we could have an entire episode on my opinions about live action ahsoka and the actress that shall not be named uh but if we are to talk about animated Ahsoka, who I love with all my heart, and I cannot wait to see again in Tales of the Jedi, yes. um, I'm so I'm so pumped. I Clone Wars Ahsoka holds my holds my heart. I mean, don't get me wrong; I will never forget when when Rebels was airing for the first time, and we sort of had hints. We were still like, mm, I remember it clear as day. Like everyone was thinking that Ahsoka was this fulcrum person, but no one knew for sure right until the finale. I will never forget leaping off of my couch (laughs) and like screaming. I was like, yeah! Just losing my shit because I was so excited to see her in animation again. And not only that, like I think we can all agree Rebels animation is beautiful. Um, It's just gorgeous. So, And then yes, to see Ahsoka in brand new armor with these white lightsabers. She's wise like Master Yoda. She's a leader in the rebellion. And then of course, everything that comes with um, her appearance in in Rebels was and with Vader was incredible. Um, So... I don't, that was a complete roller coaster of thoughts. But yes, overall, I love animated Ahsoka. Rebels, Ahsoka is amazing, wonderful. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. No, I definitely, I definitely agree. I definitely get that. Uh, Clone Wars Ahsoka, you know, very amazing. Um, But Rebels Ahsoka is just something about her, you know? Um, But, uh, you know, I still love Ahsoka. I'm, I'm glad we get so many Ahsoka stories, even if you know the live action Ahsoka uh, is up to par, and also the actress who plays her. Um, you know, I'm just grateful we get Ahsoka, especially Ashley Eckstein playing Ahsoka and stuff yes. like Tales of the Jedi, yes. um, and any place we can get her. You know, um, you know she was in Forces of Destiny, so uh, we need more animated Ahsoka, I think. But Tom, uh, what's your take on Ahsoka? Who's your favorite Ahsoka? We should start with that. Well, obviously, Ashley Eckstein, um, without question. Oh, I mean, like, so. right. Oh, I mean, like, like Clone Wars okay. Rebels. Yeah. We, okay, we'll phrase it properly then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would probably, I think I'm more entitled to say, not entitled, that's the wrong word. Uh, I'm more leaning towards uh, the Clone Wars. Yes, inclined is the correct word I was looking for. Um simply because you see kind of a lot more of her growth in the Clone Wars. Like you can, I feel like if you took away the Clone Wars, obviously a lot of the attachment you have to Ahsoka and Rebels wouldn't be there. Whereas if you took away Rebels, you still get a complete arc for Ahsoka in the show. So that's my argument, Mm. I think. Like if you didn't have Clone Wars, Rebels Ahsoka wouldn't hit as hard. Like they'd still be an interesting character, but you wouldn't know much about them um 
that being said, it's still like a interesting, I guess, exp expansion. Like it's not really expansion. It's still like a part of her story. Um, but yeah, Damn. that's my yeah. Definitely like, like the Clone Wars Ahsoka is vital, right? I'm not saying that I don't like Ahsoka and the Clone Wars. No, no, yeah, yeah. But I just like her in Rebels. It's just so comforting. Like, like Michelle, when you describe that excitement at first, like that reveal, you're like, it's insane. But she's just like, like, just like seeing her like grown up and like that just feels like a warm hug. Like we were rewatching a little bit of season two last night and just like seeing her reunite with Rex and like oh, everything God, that means. It's just like every time it's just so emotional. And like you were saying a little bit about like her, you know, her... Her encounter with Vader, it was the blueprint for Kenobi. Like Rebels yeah. stays just the superior Star Wars show of like of all of our favorite characters being at their best, in my opinion. So yes. I don't yeah, disagree. Definitely. I don't disagree. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna say this hot take is a bit of a rehash for your last one. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, because they said <laughs> yeah, Ahsoka was not in resistance. So I mean, wait, yeah. oh my god, oh, wait, yeah, wait, what was your hot yeah. what was your hot take? Because if it was resout about resistance, I was resistant. Oh, I thought it was oh. rebels. Sorry. Oh no. I I, I was just saying I like resistance more than I like the Clone Wars in terms of like I you fun. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, can I swear? <laughs> sorry, yes. I'm quite the sailor. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I started off so off very strong so i feel like the rest of my takes but then but then tom came in and like said he prefers fucking <laughs> the chopper so then totally just swept everything yeah. listen yeah. my if i can add to the the hot take of which like show is better or whatever my i stand firm that you cannot compare any of them they are all so different and they are all yeah. such vital and wonderful amazing parts of star wars there's no way i could sit here and be like clone wars compared to rebels like which is better it's like no they're completely different they're animated different their stories are different they're everything is different about all of them so i i never yeah. answer that question people ask me that but i never answer i never give them an answer because i'm like sorry like i can't yeah. pick, i can't pick it's like asking a parent I am the parent in this situation. It's like asking a parent who their favorite child is. I cannot pick between Clone Wars or Rebels or Resistance or Bad Batch, Visions, Forces of Destiny. Cannot pick. Anyway, that's yeah. hot take. No, it's definitely, definitely hard to pick. Um, but yeah, like you, I love I love all of them. Yeah, they they're, they are very different, especially like Resistance to Clone Wars. Um, and they all have like a different age demographic. Yes, oh my right? god, exactly. Because um, I feel like Cartoon Network is like a step above Disney XD, which is a step above like Disney Channel for Resistance. So um, yeah, I, I, to me, it's kind of like comparing like SpongeBob to like Rick and Morty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know. Um, okay, listen, so, listen. I wasn't I that's the thing though is when I like we talked about this last week with our rankings is like if I'm saying I like something better I don't think like objectively yeah. is the Clone Wars probably a better show than Resistance yeah but which one am I more drawn to sit down and rewatch if I want to have fun yeah yeah, yeah. Resistance, which one you know? which one are you feeling more excitement and, and passion for in the moment like my favorite my rankings of anything change all the time I'm with you Chelsea yes. like I have watched Resistance before, or like a rewatch, and I've been like, "This is the best thing ever!" Like, 
nothing can top this. Or I've done that with Rebels. I've done that with Clone Wars. Hundred percent. Like, no, it's all about yeah. what you're what you're feeling in terms of the fun or what you're looking for, right? Meaningfulness yeah. might come from another place or what have you. Definitely. And what we like to say around here is that you know the way that you know me you chelsea may look at things is from a non-filmmaker's perspective tom is the filmmaker filmmaker and therefore they have the objective opinion i have the objective right but then again like you're saying like how you feel about like because i the thing that changed my life and my perspective is that i once asked someone i know their favorite film and they said with their full heart the cat in the hat (laughs) and i was so awestruck i was like that must really mean something to you for you to say that so i was like go for it like (laughs) yeah it caught me so off guard it changed my whole perception (laughs) that's when tom Tom started to fall off of his filmmaker arc and into his redemption arc (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) All right, hot takes out of the way. Let's get into a hot topic still. Well, it's not really hot out there, but for us on this podcast, in this room right now, it's a hot topic. Forces of Destiny, a show that I found out came out five years ago. I was <laughs> genuinely, I felt so old because I'm like, five years ago? I was I was out there arguing with people in the comment sections five years ago, being like, shut the fuck up. As when we get it's Star Wars animation, Dave Filoni's involved, all this sort of stuff. Uh, Forces of Destiny, I did all of that for the show to basically have become forgotten five years later. Uh, they kind of just they kind of just stopped making episodes, and they didn't really. Same with Galaxy of Adventures. It was just kind of all right. We're done here. Um, but if you don't know what it is, it's a two season show. They're shorts around like two to three minutes, uh, sixteen episodes in each each season, and they focus on characters specifically women characters in the star wars galaxy um and kind of expand their stories in these little moments they're not huge things uh or huge stories because obviously the length but a lot of these moments are very pivotal and important moments which we'll talk about here in this podcast because we've each collected our top three episodes that we're going to talk about here today uh there's a there's a wide variety because like i said all these things they kind of focus on just scenes most of them feel like deleted scenes um in a way in fact one of them actually is a deleted scene from force awakens um but a lot of these feel like they could just be put into the movie they take place in like small gaps that are in the movies like the moments that you don't see luke training on dagobah or the moments between ray meeting bb8 and meeting finn um there's like seven of these episodes that take place in that you know moment but uh yeah, anyways, Forces of Destiny, let's talk about our favorite episodes. Uh, let's just get right into it. I'll start off with my number one favorite episode, which is Unlikely Allies. Now, this episode, I like to call my multiverse of madness because you have <laughs> Jin Erso and Sabine Wren in one short. And it's exactly what the title is, Unlikely Allies. Um, they kind of meet up, uh, unlikely because... Uh, Jin Erso finds something that belongs to Sabine, and they end up meeting up. It's a great episode. It takes place on this purple planet that shows up a lot in this show. I have no idea what planet it's it is. But... Oh, From Rebels. Girl? Yeah. Oh. It's 
Right. That's Sorry, that I sense. got really excited. No. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm Rebels like, connection. Yeah, the, I'm like, damn, this showed up like eight times now. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, what flat is this? I didn't even <laughs> think of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love this episode because I love Jin and I love Rebels. Um, so it was really cool to see them, you know, together. There was a lot of Sabine episodes actually where she got to cross over with characters. Um, what did you guys think of Unlikely Allies, Michelle? I believe this was on your top five list. So what was uh? It was how you quite the multiverse. Um, yes, I I loved it. I, I it's funny. I've told like a I just told a story like this, but again for for me some of this goes back to like the first time that i saw this but i specifically remember in the trailer i think that came out or something at the time um i actually austin do you know if this was in season one or season two of forces of destiny this was season one of forces of destiny Okay, season one so Mm -hmm. i remember that I remember watching the trailer for this micro series and they showed a clip of this or, or maybe they had showed Sabine and Leia as well from that episode. But I feel, I feel like I remember seeing Jin and Sabine meeting each other (laughs) and that blew my mind, like out, uh, like just mind exploded (laughs) because I think around the time, not only had Rogue One just come out like the December prior, right? But we were also right. in the midst of Rebels and Rogue One connections, like Saw and the Geonosian arc, and then probably maybe stuff with Mon Mothma. Again, I'm my, I'm not good with my dates and like what seasons yeah. were coming out when, but I specifically remember that we were like we were in like Rogue One era, like the movie had just come out, and like we were still hot on the on the ride of like rogue one being integrated into rebels which was airing at the time and that was just so incredible and amazing and to think excuse me to think that like sabine would just run into Jin and like have a little moment i don't know it just was really cool and then you look at you get a look like you said earlier these are such short moments and they are big but also they're sort of not like they're meant to be little tiny bite-sized little memories almost from within right. their lives, the characters' lives. And of course, I, could, I might talk about this later, like, but just they're meant to be for children, right? These whole stories and, and the, the lessons they're teaching and all of that. But you get a glimpse into Jin's like true nature underneath her so-called like being a loner, like right. style of going about the world. You get mm-hmm. a glimpse of it because she's willing to help Sabine in that moment. And yeah, I just loved it. I love Jenner, so um, like, yeah. <laughs> like going off of that, I think that pairing too is such a smart pairing because like Sabine was that loner like Jin, yeah. like the beginning of Rebels, right before we meet her in there, and that's explored. And so like seeing those two, I think me was especially meaningful. Like not only because we know what happens with Jin and Sabine, but because of how they like mirror each other and are kind of very similar but at different points in their lives so i just that was one i had on my list but then i like got rid of it to make room for other ones but yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah i'm sticking by it. it's my number one um i just like i feel like it sets the pace of the show too even though it's like later on in season one i believe it might actually be the last no last episode of season one is sabine and hera um but this this show, like, it just has these little moments. It's really just, you know, 
Sabine drops something, Jin picks it up, and that's what brings them together. And that's really it. Like, that's just, you know, it's just this little moment. Um, and it, it's big. Like, it's like one of the Rebels characters meeting the Rogue One characters. It's like, what's going on? But at the same time, it's like just this small scale story. Like Michelle said, it just feels like a memory. So that's what I really love about this show is because it's like, it has like these key moments or like a, a lot of things I feel like fans would actually enjoy. but for some reason it's like forgotten and also had a lot of controversy not for some reason we know why the show had a lot of controversy <laughs> back in the day um you know just like everything in star wars we know why there's so much pushback um but i just i i really love this episode when i think of forces of destiny i always think of this episode that or you know the other episodes like han and hera getting to crossover and such but Anyways, I'm sorry, Tom. We've we've been talking a lot. I, I know you want to share your take <laughs> on the Jin Multiverse of Madness episode. It's a good it's a good little episode. Um I like the message. Um it's one of the ones where like it really kind of gets into the characters as well. Like some of them obviously because they're so short, like it you feel like it's kind of like it could just be any character, but this is one one of the ones where like it really reflects the characters that you see. Like Chelsea said, it makes sense, like the way these two interact. And it's fun to see these characters cross over. But yeah, um, I'm not sure if it was in my list. Um, it's a good episode, but like, I was trying to keep it short because I was watching them in chronological order. So I was like, I know because of my love for like the sequel trilogy, I knew some of my favorite ones would be later on. So I was trying to like turn them down at the start. But yeah, it's a good episode. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. It's a fantastic episode. Um, I guess my favorite because that's just what I think of Forces of Destiny. That's what I think of. Um, that badass scene uh, with just, or not even the scene, just the frame of them like facing each other and like Jin's handing over the you know uh hologram and it's it's just a good moment i'm like oh my god i love that these characters can be like crossed over um and also just like having this type of show was so cool because it did primarily focus on women so it's like bringing women characters across the galaxy together i thought that was very cool and like chelsea said characters that have you know a lot of similar uh themes and such or things going on so i really love that um and yeah, I think if if I was a kid and I was watching Disney Channel and this showed up in the commercial break, that Jin and Sabine episode, I'd be like, where are those characters from? And I'd pop in Star Wars Rebels. I'd be like, okay, I'm tuning in on Sundays now. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, all right, let's move on to Tom's first episode that they love. Uh, Tom, what's your number one favorite episode of Forces of Destiny? You want my number one? I was going to do it backwards because, ironically... Whatever order you want to do. Okay, I'll do it from three to one because, like I said, I watched it. I have, like, I made a playlist when they were coming out on YouTube where I, like, I put them all in the order they came out, but I also made another one where I put them in, like, chronological order. And so that's the order I watched it in when I rewatched it for this podcast. And ironically, my three to one are in chronological order. So my number three is Monster Misunderstandings, which is the episode where it's set on Naboo, it's Padme, it's like a sea monster attacking the hangar, or like the boat station mm -hmm. or something, yes. and Padme basically realizes why she uses her brain. 
And I don't know, because like most of Padme's episodes are with Ahsoka. So it's nice to have one like where she's by herself, I think. Not like I it's it's fun to see the characters interact. Like you don't see Ahsoka and Padme much in the Clone Wars. But this one was just a stand up to me because like I think the message of it kind of stood out to me because like with Star Wars, uh it's not one of the themes that are brought up as much, but like I love like the Star Wars kind of connection to nature. Um and so I really felt that in this episode. So that's why it stood out to me. And why I picked it as number three. What do you what do you guys think of monster misunderstandings? I agree and I almost put this on my top five as well. Um because I, I really like when Star Wars and it kind of reminds me of the moment in the Mandalorian uh where Din Djarin gets through the Tuscan Raiders. I believe he's with Toro, um Toro Malakin, right? I think that's the character's name. The really bad character from Mandalorian season <laughs> one. Um and they're trying to get through uh the Tuscan Raiders lands and we always see the Tuscans portrayed as like these, you know, bad guys like they like they're scary. You don't want to cross their path. Um, and it's when Din Djarin speaks their language or signs to them, use sign language, and they're nice. They get through and it's like, no problem. It's like, oh, this is my friend, you know? And I feel like it's very similar here where it's like, the this big monster is attacking them, but it's really because they have her fucking kid in, in the <laughs> palace. You know what I mean? It's like, you have the fucking kid. Like, I, I don't know what, you know, you'd expect like obviously they're gonna want to come get their kid and so i don't know i just uh i really like moments like that where the characters realize especially a character like padme i feel like that's very fitting um you know to be like no like we can work this out like these aren't you know they may be looking big and scary but like we don't have to like there's ways to solve it um maybe just don't be so fucking rude to them you know or <laughs> disregard their traditions or steal their kids um little things like that you know yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah no this this also reminded me there's i think an episode of resistance where i can't remember the name of the creature niku yep. finds but then niku is like really sad it's that he has Bebo. to release it he named yeah, it but, Bebo, right the yeah, little yeah 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 blobby thing <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know the name of the species is escaping me yeah. but yeah and so like a similar sort of well that's a little different right because like he like he has like emotional feelings towards it but eventually does the right thing right and so love seeing that sort of like you said tom like theme with like animals and like nature and like you know doing that and i also loved how at the end of it when like the guards are like apologizing to padme she's like let's like we all like we all learned something like that was like whatever like taking a step back and like not acting immediately is kind of the message and i liked how padme yeah. was like kind to the guards you know padme is always kind she's you know even though she's a queen she's is very like grounded and humble but it was nice to see a little note of that as well so this is a cute one for sure definitely definitely michelle how do you feel about this episode i think i agree with all of your thoughts um it particularly reminded me of um the first time we meet the purgle in rebels and you know how those are just creatures that live in the galaxy who's you know who are essentially being impacted by human activity um good or bad and good in the cases of forces of destiny they're just living on naboo doing their thing and i think it's a little 
baby maybe accidentally got caught it seemed at least that, that's how i interpreted it and then with rebels right you have the, the the negative activity of the mining guild and the empire but it made me think of that just because i think that is a theme that is is in star wars that yeah isn't as common but is definitely still there when you think about how many planets exist in star wars galaxy and how many creatures are around like at the end of the day um creatures and the, the places they live uh, are important and it's very it's it's reflective of how i would hope that we as a as humans on this earth are trying to work towards every day and taking care of our planet and taking care of the animals that live here um mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a good message definitely definitely we're not the only people here or we're not the only creatures here either you know gotta accommodate for each other i love when star wars has that message all right Michelle, take it away with your favorite episode of Forces of Destiny. Well, this I told I told all of you before we started recording. This was genuinely one of the hardest things I have ever had to do is to slim down this list into my top three to five. I loved every single one of them. Uh, like as we've been chit chatting and as I've been reflecting on like what I just had watched and all the episodes, I'm literally thinking, I'm like, oh, I should put that one on my list, but oh, I would have had to remove that one. But then, oh, I really like this because of this. So anyway, it, just know, listeners, this is a select thing, select couple that I felt I wanted to say something about, but I love all of them. And I'm happy to talk to anyone, anytime about <laughs> any Forces of Destiny episode. <laughs> Okay, that out of the way. Um, The first one I want to mention is Teach You I Will, featuring Ahsoka, Yoda, and uh, Blonde Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This episode uh, takes us through um, a training session with Ahsoka. She has just um, gotten a second lightsaber, so Anakin was teaching her, and she was struggling a a little bit. And then Yoda comes in and is like, hey, I want to see what you got. And she's like, are you sure? Like, I just started. And he was like, yes. Very definitive. So she's very nervous. And their little training, their sparring session isn't going so well until I think it's uh, I think it's Yoda, as always, right? That spouts some words of wisdom and says, hey, you gotta, you gotta be true to yourself. You gotta do what you know. And so she interprets that piece of advice to know, hey, she needs to wield her lightsabers how she knows how. And so she flips them to reverse grip. And when I tell you that I, like my heart was like, oh my God, am I going to cry right now? Like I genuinely was like, oh my God. I, yeah. And then they got Ahsoka's theme playing in the background anyway. So she flips her lightsabers around in reverse grip. They have a little, they finish the little sparring match. And um, I think the episode ends just with Ahsoka reflecting on, you know, okay, you know, I gotta be true to myself. I know that I like to fight in reverse script. That doesn't change when I get a second lightsaber and I don't need to be anybody but myself. And um, it was beautiful, wonderful. The Just the tiny little moments of Jedi stuff in yes. the temple is stuff that I could never get enough of when I was watching the Clone Wars. Like I will never forget when uh, we were, it was the fifth season of the Clone Wars. We were watching um, the stuff with, uh, with the Ahsoka's 
walk away walk away arc or whatever. It's when she's getting framed for the, the bombing of the Jedi Temple. The the epic, horrible, sad, and wonderful <laughs> finale that is the season five finale of the Clone Wars. Anyway, I remember there were the moments where we were in the Jedi Temple because obviously they're in- investigating it, and for some reason I was so fascinated by like this is what the inside of a hangar looks like in the Jedi Temple. This is what, oh, they're just walking down the hallway. Oh, look, this Jedi walking by. Like, I was enamored with just the Jedi lifestyle and, like, seeing that on screen, seeing Anakin and Ahsoka walk together down a hallway in the Jedi Temple. I don't know why. It was something I loved. And so, yeah, they're in this sparring room. It's this tiny mundane, supposedly mundane, right, moment of Ahsoka sort of learning to use her second lightsaber, which is really cool because we never got to see that in Clone Wars. It went from, hey, she's got one lightsaber and she's wearing a tube top to, oh, okay, she's more fully clothed and she's got two lightsabers and, you know, her, like, head tails are longer and all this stuff. So it was sort of this cool, like, transition moment um, that I think I had pictured in my head, like, growing up and wondering, hey, when did Ahsoka get her second lightsaber? Like, I kind of want to see what, you know, all about that. And then here we are, seeing it. Sorry, that was yes. a lot. <laughs> I love it. No. no, yeah, I love I love all that. I love all your takes on Forces of Destiny today. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think that episode is really cool. I also think what's cool about this show is that I wouldn't say it's like an arc for Ahsoka, but it's very interesting that like we kind of get to see Ahsoka come full circle or like her first few episodes of her like training um, or, you know, things like because we even get to see her get like a Padawan braid. And then and which I believe we'll talk about later, we get to see her like, you know, have a moment where she teaches Ezra. So I kind of felt like Ahsoka had like a full circle moment in this show. Um, but no, I really I really did enjoy that. And like you, I also did kind of wonder always like how how and when did like ahsoka you know not only get the second lightsaber but switch her style where she's fighting you know reverse grip and you know backhanded and such so i i love that i also love seeing ahsoka and yoda um you know we don't get a lot of it in the clone wars but it's enough to like make you sad in that moment during rebels where you know yoda does the little wave um and but then it's like things like this you know where we get to see Yoda being like a big part of her training, um, especially later on, because he usually is only involved in the younger kids. So it's very cool to see a moment like that um, and kind of adds to like Rebels, which I feel like this show does a lot, like just these little moments that they're slipped into, you know, like I said, little gaps like that, like between season one and two of the Clone Wars, this obviously took place and such. So I loved it. Um, yeah, I also remember this episode, funnily, funny enough, I remember it being super controversial because of, you brought it up because of blonde Anakin <laughs> and then the, the fact that he's missing his scar. And I'll oh, never... about that. Yes, that was the big one, that, his, that he was missing his scar. That caused, like, chaos in the fandom. So I always laugh in season two when he yeah. shows up again and he has just the one pencil line of a scar. And they made his hair darker, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I just imagine the animator sitting there like, oh, man, I fuck know. you guys. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> <Lately. laughs> Drawing yeah. the one line. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. Can I just say, you mentioned not getting a lot of Yoda and Ahsoka scenes. <laughs> yeah. The one that I thought it was when he envisions her dying in season six. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, God. something time they've interacted no 
that's anyway <laughs> I, I was like oh god <laughs> yeah because i was trying to think of moments in the clone wars where they like but there's not many no i he's, don't think so he's around during uh her fucking trials <laughs> so <laughs> too <yeah>. soon <laughs> <laughs> always there at her worst <laughs> no but uh tom what do you think of this episode i'll be honest like i watched them all today again for the first time in like years I think this one was missing from my playlist because I do oh, not no. remember this. So. <laughs> no. Um, no. so that's not my bad because I made the po- uh, the podcast the playlist myself. Um, I have vague memories of it. Honestly, I can't say a lot because it was two years ago. But it sounds nice. I'll I'll look it out after. I'll send it to you so you can watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'll slip it into my playlist. Uh, but yeah, you might as well move along to Chelsea because I don't have much to add. I'm afraid. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. No, I like, I feel like there's not much more to add. I agree. I just loved seeing um, Ahsoka come into, come into her own and like, you know, she's always been kind of headstrong. So getting to see that being encouraged by Yoda when Anakin is like so headstrong that he knows he's, he tries to tone it down in Ahsoka, but Yoda's like, no, a little bit of that's okay. Like, and how that encourages then Anakin and Ahsoka to learn from one another, I think is really neat. And listen, People who get upset about like his hair being slightly more blonde or him not having a very thin scar, it's like grow the fuck up. Like that, it's just yeah. the animation style. It's up to interpretation. Yes. I personally love the animation in this. That's the yes. my one of my general notes. But it's so just like fun and colorful that like the last thing I notice is whether or not Anakin has a scar. And the thing is, is like if that's what you're paying attention to in the show you're missing the whole meaning of the show. Like, did you not like notice like really like Michelle really nicely explained all the great things this means for Ahsoka. And they're just like, well, Anakin doesn't have his scar. Like go touch grass, go outside. Yeah. Yeah. Go touch grass outside the Jedi temple. (laughs) Yes. Go touch those, uh, Unetti trees. Um, no, but like that, this show, like it was just, obviously it had a lot of controversy behind it i specifically remember star wars celebration 2017 they announced this show they kind of announced it low-key like because there was like a it was kind of like a tales of the jedi situation where it's like there's like this mysterious panel for this forces of destiny what is it and like the day before they kind of like low-key announced it it's like this show that ties into this toy line that they have um, and it's supposed to be for younger women fans um, or, you know, non-men fans. Well, no, it was Lucasfilm. It was straight up just women. <laughs> it was just two options back then for Lucasfilm. Um, no, but it was made to get like younger girls into Star Wars. And obviously that was just not okay for that side of the fandom and so it was one of the situations where it's like every little thing that i can find wrong with this like you know they obviously didn't care much like the rest of star wars they don't really care about those pivotal moments for you know ahsoka um it's why i'm very interested to see when the ahsoka series comes out because i kind of think like it's interesting because i feel like the forces of destiny episodes that ahsoka's in they're kind of centered around her and you know men always love to use ahsoka as the scapegoat you know like mm-hmm. i am not sexist i love ahsoka it's yeah. like okay do you love ahsoka or do you love anakin's padawan because mm-hmm. honestly Ooh. when it gets to when it gets to the point where she's leading her own show and you know it's not about anakin it's not about it's about ahsoka and what's going on with ahsoka are men still gonna like ahsoka or are they gonna be sitting here and being like oh they've ruined her character 
blah, 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 like all this stuff. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's what happened with Forces of Destiny where it's like, oh, it's a woman-led show. It's no longer about Anakin. Um, you know, she's actually Ahsoka in this. So I'm very interested to see. Um, <laughs> anyways, fuck those fans. And let's move on to Chelsea's favorite episode. Yeah, I'll do... I'll go backwards like like Tom did. So I'll talk about um, Ewok Escape first. I just I, I unashamedly just fucking love the Ewoks. Anything they're in, I just love. They're just cute. They're fun. I mean, you know, and I just love the way Leia interacts. Interacts like instantly is kind to them and treats them like as people and not like as I mean they are creatures, but you when. It's not like the Empire treating them as like lesser than, right? And so it's just a nice little adventure again that ties in. It's probably another moment after what we saw in Return of the Jedi of her helping Wicked out. And I just love that. Leia is just such a great character. And like I said, I love me some Ewoks. So any, any, anything with more of both of them is definitely just puts a smile on my face, you know? Yes, 100% agree. I also have an Ewok episode on my list too. Um, I really love the Ewoks in this show. And, you know, like I said before, these small little gaps that they have, it's like a moment where Leia gets the dress that we see in Return of the Jedi. That's like, so it's just the little moments like that. It's like, you really didn't have to go that far, but it's like really cool that we get those little explanations because that's what Star Wars is about. This like evolving story where things get added in and things change and the context changes and all that sort of stuff. So really love that this episode got to do that. Uh, what do you guys think, Michelle? I loved this one. This one was also on my list um, simply because it's just cute. Like, yeah. I remember watching it. I je- I think I, it was one of the first, like, I was posting a little bit about the show back then. And this, <laughs> I took a screenshot of when Leia catches Wicket. And then she's, like, looking down at him. And then he, like, looks back up at her and, like, smiles. The cutest thing I have ever seen in my life. Okay. The animation style just cutesies the Ewoks even more. And I absolutely love it. Star Wars is meant to be cute. Like it is. It's for kids. Cute things are cute. People love cute things. I love cute things. Um, No, I just (laughs) really love, I just absolutely loved it. I think Chelsea, you made a great point of like this idea of Leia, like really treating the Ewoks as intelligent peoples or creatures on their own not like pets or anything like that because they are intelligent like they they have their own language and their own societies and they are their own established civilization of of adorable teddy bear critters uh (laughs) but uh yeah i i loved it um and yeah i just really loved the animation and i thought it was really cute and then of course have that tie-in of leia getting getting her dress i thought was very clever so yes Yes. I also just want to add that, like, I remember because we talked a bit about, like, when this show released. This show came out in 2017. So it was, like, not even a year after Carrie had passed. So I just remember during that time, like, getting these Leia stories, even though Carrie wasn't involved, it was still just, like, really nice to have these Leia stories in that moment where we're, you know, collectively as a fandom grieving a huge loss. Um, And it's really cool that, like, her legacy was carried through these episodes and then obviously later on that year with the last jedi um 2017 was definitely leia's year i think um but yes tom this episode how you feel um 
it's not it's not my favorite of the Ewok episodes. Um, I quite like the one with Chopper and <laughs> when they're in the ghost. Ironically, I know. Um, I mean, yes, like I I hold a lot of the episodes in like a similar regard. Like my favorites, are the ones that like just stand out, and like the rest of them are pretty much in a similar ballpark. Um, yeah, I like the I like uh, the fact that it kind of fills in that little gap between uh, Leia finding Wicket and then getting to the village. Um, but yeah, I like I like the Ewok episodes, but it's not my favorite of the Ewok ones. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, right. Amazing. Yes. Amazing episode. Um, and like I said, I love all the Leia episodes in this series. All right. Back to me. My second favorite episode is Unexpected Company. Now, this is the episode where Ahsoka, Anakin, and Padme are all on the ship together. And they kind of have this moment um, where... It, things go bad the ship like starts to crash and such and um basically anakin is holding padme in front of ahsoka and ahsoka kind of just like gives a look but doesn't really say anything and it's like clear that she knows it's kind of like similar to the clone wars where the moment where obi-wan's like well i hope you at least told padme i said hello it's kind of like that, where it's like, everybody do. Like, these heteros are not good at hiding the relationship. <laughs> but um, And the whole thing I, is that Ahsoka crashed their little vacation getaway as well. So Anakin was yes. annoyed that she was there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I definitely love those vibes, because it's like, the, the true tragedy is that we'll never get to see, like, Anakin, Padme, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, all as, like, this, this happy family, uh, <laughs> where Ahsoka's, like, the daughter um because in clone wars we we get those moments but it's separate anakin has his moments with uh, anakin has his moments with ahsoka padme has her moments with ahsoka definitely like the parent vibes are there in the clone wars but this is the episode where it comes together and it's like they're going on this family vacation with their daughter ahsoka and it's just (laughs) like damn like it really had me thinking like damn like (laughs) this could have been so great um if they got to live happily ever after (laughs) um And I also just love when we see things like that, where it's like the Jedi that are close to Anakin, like they knew that this was going on, but they just acted like it. They just acted like they didn't know because it <laughs> made Anakin happy. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, oh. you know, just me. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I also had a chuckle too because. Asuka's like, oh yeah, Master Yoda sent me. So it's like, even Yoda knows, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, It's really, it, it, I love that because it's like, it's not really a secret, but a lot of a lot of them just like don't say anything. Um, I'm sure some of them like, like I feel like Yoda, he probably doesn't do it because it's like, oh, like care about Anakin, I do. Like, no, the fuck you don't. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> I feel like it's more like uh it's more like um gosh i lost my train of thought but basically what i was trying to say is yoda's against it <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> perhaps it's because he's like the chosen one it's like oh okay like mm-hmm. well, yeah. Slide. yeah. Um, but yeah what'd you guys think of the episode of this wonderful vacation getaway episode tom will go with you first um 
I don't have much to add. Like, that's like the biggest takeaway from the whole episode for me. Like, the pl- I don't want to say it's silly. Like, it's just a little thing. But like, the plot's just like, I don't know. It's the one that stood out to me. Is just like, in terms of like the setup of it, it's just like, oh, it's just a bit weird. Like, they jump out of hyperspace and this is separatist, but like they just kind of fly through them. Oh my god! Baloney episode for sure. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, like as you've already like discussed, just like the takeaway that like Ahsoka knows, um, which we never really touched much on in the Clone Wars, I don't think. There's like one, maybe two little tidbits to it. But this is the clearest we see it in the whole franchise, really. So yeah. Uh that's my thoughts. This is not one of my favorite episodes, but uh yeah, it's pretty solid. Yes, amazing. All right, Chelsea, I know, I know you and Michelle already shared your thoughts, but if you guys have any more, feel free. I do. Um, there's a moment. Um, I, I guess I should say, I want to give an honorable mention in my fluctuating list of favorites um, <laughs> to the, the several Padme and Ahsoka episodes. Um, yeah. I absolutely loved any time they interacted in Clone Wars. Heroes on both sides is one of my favorite episodes in the entire show because of getting to see the two of them together and having Padme be this mother figure in a way, or older sister even, to Ahsoka and teaching her that politics is not always black and white. But in terms of demeanor and attitude, they're very similar. And of course, they get along because Anakin has taught Ahsoka. So there's a moment in the episode where uh, I think they like come upon the, the droid ship when they're out of hyperspace. And uh, Padme just goes, Ahsoka, you're on the guns with me. Anakin, fly! And, and she's like, or, or, or something like that. Or maybe Ahsoka. Sa- oh, no. It's Ahsoka says that. She's like, I'll go to the guns. Padme, come with me. Or some, you know, somebody says something to. No, I think it is Padme that tells Anakin to fly. Regardless, right. I think it's Ahsoka that then says to Anakin, Oh, I like her, like referring to Padme. And there's, I just really liked that little moment where yeah. these two um, headstrong says, women like- are like, Anakin, get your shit together and fly the plane. <laughs> We're going to shoot. Like, and just, they're just. Like the two of them together are really fun, and then obviously we do get in Clone Wars we get Padme representing Ahsoka in, in Ford <laughs> later on. But to have them just have this more like gentler, let's not gentle, they're whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a very, <laughs> it's a very like yeah. wholesome moment between the two mm-hmm. of them that I really enjoyed, and I loved seeing that throughout um, the the show as well. Just seeing the two of them together because we didn't get a lot of that. Ahsoka was often as as far as female characters goes was so often on her own and same with Padme or the rare times that Padme and I think the Duchess were together maybe once or something but yeah so I I, I love that the Clone Wars era yeah. like lady team up I'm a sucker for it <laughs> yes yes, yes. Uh, I know I said earlier like the Sabine and Jin episode is my multiverse of madness but I think the whole show is really my multiverse of madness yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of moments like that where it's like oh man everything's coming together um, mm-hmm. so yeah amazing alright well Tom what's your second favorite yeah. episode yeah my second favorite, second favorite. Three, so. yeah it's, it still works the same both ways yeah <laughs> um <laughs> My second favorite is Art History, which is the episode where mm. Sabine and her brother, um, Man- not it's not all Mandalore, it's on um, 
one of the moons. I don't know. Um, my history is not currently there. I've my my brain's just erased it. Um, it's just one of the more interesting episodes to me because um, we kind of get some not really lore, um, but it's just kind of like it's one of those ones again where like it feels the most in character. That being said, uh, the Empire making a base just on a statue just seems a bit weird, but go for it. They're, they're just quirky like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was good because like, one of the things I think was lacking in Rebels was kind of... I mean, there are a few episodes devoted to it, but you don't get a lot of Sabine with her family. You get like four episodes max, maybe. Um, so it was nice to have this little moment where she's just with her brother and they have this little mission and you kind of get more of their dynamic um i think that's what it's about to me because like it really i think it's one of the ones like it feels like an episode of rebels and it really kind of adds to adds to it i think if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. so yeah that's why it's here on my list it was it was almost on my list, but I was like, let me not make every single one of mine Rebels related. Because I, when I first went through, they quite literally were all the Rebels ones. So I was like, okay, let me not. Let me try. But I agree. It was nice to get some more insight, however brief, into like Sabine's time away from the Ghost Crew. And I just yeah. love, always love Sabine's ties to art and how and why it's important. And love the kind of like back and forth between her and her brother. I was like, why does it matter? Like, it's just a statue. And she's like this is more than a statue. Like this means a lot. And like, I think, you know, sometimes that's what I've always loved about rebels that sometimes we don't maybe get as much in just the, the uh, saga movies is like how, how fascism operates on the ground level and not just in terms of like supplies and like the destruction, but like how it affects the culture and things like that. And so we get insights that in rebels and why art is so important to be. And it was nice to just see a little moment of that there. That's more specific and, bite-sized but yeah i also just love sabine in this animation style like her yeah. blue hair in this is such a sleigh i just love it so much yes i think i believe they had sabine in mind um like when doing the whole marketing stuff um because it's like orange and purple i don't know why i'm thinking that but i just i feel like i remember like well she does I mean, have the, a doll yeah yeah because the marketing very much focused on like um the main players like ray was i think ray was the main one and then like um ahsoka and sabine but sabine was up there i think sabine like on the floor of destiny hierarchy sabine's up there anyways (laughs) (laughs) um i thought this episode was really bold because this is like really the only like actual look like if you look up tar vizsla on wikipedia like that's the picture that comes up for him because that's the closest we have to like a live action or not live action but like a, just a look at tar vizsla that's not like a shadow or like drawn on um silhouette you know what i mean so um that was very interesting like this canon look um you know very very interesting you're putting some like key pivotal moments uh in this show so yeah yeah i loved it um i think similar to what tom said it very much felt like an episode of Rebels. I totally could have seen it squeezed in there somewhere, you know? Um, and yeah, the character, Sabine's characterization was amazing. I think that, I think like Chelsea said, it was sort of nice to see that art 
connection back with Sabine again, which is something that we didn't see as much once the later seasons of Rebels came about. Um, Cause she was, you know, bearing the weight of the world on her shoulders. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I, I think the message was important um, and the history and, of like that can be and and the context that can be added into Star Wars um was just incredible but yeah overall like just the tone of it her her dynamic with her brother like it's it's something that we totally like could have seen in Rebels had you know the episodes not been so limited to 22 minutes or something but yeah, yeah. I absolutely loved it yeah yeah definitely amazing episode great pick Tomothy all right Michelle onto your second episode all right. Um, so my second episode is called The Path Ahead, um, featuring Yoda and Luke. And uh, what do I say about this one? This is a look at um, Yoda's uh, Jedi training with Luke on Dagobah during um, episode five. Uh, it's actually the first uh, yes, it's the first of what would only be two episodes in the series that did not feature any female characters. But the series overall is meant for not only young girls, but also just children in general. Um, and as far as the the plot and the message behind it, like the best thing ever. Honestly, this was close to being my number one. Um, so we see Luke being really frustrated uh, and just like, he's climbing trees and he's like, what is the point of this? And he keeps falling and he can't really, you know, make, he can't really go where he needs to go. He's not seeing his path forward. Um, and Yoda just sort of reminds him like, stop using your eyes. Um, and he says, almighty, he says, this is, this is what almost made me cry as well, which is why I was only playing number one, but he says um, <laughs> the, the line from the last Jedi when Luke is teaching Ray, he says, breathe, breathe, like the force is all around you. You know, he's giving Luke the mantra of the force, looking inward, you know, not using your eyes only to sense the force around you. I can't even do it justice, but it, oh my God. When I realized that Yoda was saying like the breathe, breathe thing, because I remember that so clearly from the trailer of Last Jedi as well, not just the movie, but like, I don't know about you guys, but I watched that trailer a thousand times when it came out, and I, like, that was my, and then, like, you know, just on, like, a personal, like, level of how do I ground myself on a day-to-day basis as I'm living my life, and and, I don't know, adopting Jedi mantra, Jedi mindfulness is, like, a very real thing that we as humans in this world can, can have, but I, anyway, the whole I, the whole breathe, breathe thing is very, um, it's like important to me. And I just absolutely loved it. Like I, I got chills. I was emotional. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> because then we knew that Luke went on to teach Ray those very same things um, about the force and in that very same way. Uh, and anyway, the episode wraps with Luke, you know, not using his eyes. He closes them and uses the force to feel his surroundings and they go bounding off across the tree branches. And that's very cute. It ends with Yoda being like, oh, by the way, this is where we see Yoda say, hey, put me on your back. Like, I'm going to sit on you. <laughs> and Luke was like, no. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be easier. So then that's sort of where we get that, which I thought was really cute, just the transition, right, of, of again, these little moments of, like, how you see characters in one way or doing something and then how they go to the next. So that was very cute. But it ends with Yoda being like, we're going to go climb some vines now, which you know happens in episode five. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I love this episode a lot because, like you said, it has like the Last Jedi connection there with yeah. the lines. Um, specifically, like, because this is part of season two. What I really liked about season two is that, like, the first the first season was a pre-Last Jedi world, and then the second season was post-Last yeah. Jedi. And you know, you, you see, like, obviously, had, like two Last Jedi episodes, but also things like that, where it's like the Luke and uh, Yoda moment from Empire Strikes Back um can kind of make the future better um or you know not better but you know add a little insight here make a little connection which makes it really cool um i love this episode i always laugh too because of mark hamill voicing luke (laughs) um pre-robo luke so john favreau clearly was not involved in this show Um, (laughs) oh snap but uh i think it's very interesting um now i will say because i know some people say i believe someone said it in their notes but like um mark hamill can still play luke now i'll say i'm not like i'm not saying like because I would, I would prefer like actual Mark Hamill over uh, a robo voice. I don't care if it like sounds a little different. Okay, I'm watching Breaking Bad right now, um, and Jesse Pinkman, you know, gains like a hundred years, and then he looks, you know, twenty years younger, and all these different iterations of him. So that stuff doesn't really matter to me. But I will say that it's, it, it's, it takes me out a bit. I'm <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> that that's a little. It doesn't sound like, um, like it sounds like old mark hamill to me it sounds like old luke um i didn't even realize his voice changed like that much until this episode came out and i'm like oh wow that's just age you know um but i just i disagree with whoever said like he could still play (laughs) luke i'm like "Mm, uh." tom you want to defend your case here (laughs) i just wrote down i was like i put in all i put two things for this episode i put all caps mr favreau mark can still play young luke Especially in the Mandalorian era, because like that's in between, so it makes sense if he sounds like a yeah. bit older. So that was my main point. Like he doesn't sound like Luke in the Empire Strikes Back, but like, come on, it's been like what forty years by that point. Uh, my other note, because this was quite close to my top picks, um, was just there's a little moment. It's not it's not like a profound thing. It's just a cute little moment because like Yoda's in the ground. He's just like pick me up. He's just like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's just the way it's just like pick me up. I'm like, that's so cute. And it's the cutest shit I've ever been. Um yeah. <laughs> made my list. Yeah, and then they put it in my top five. Yeah. yeah. The OG. My god, yeah. Um, A foreshadowing of Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh but no. yeah, obviously. Um Yeah, I love all the stuff with like Dagobah and the Empire Strikes Back, which I spoke about last week. Um, the just the way Yoda talks about the Force, uh, I love, and obviously Last Jedi connections. So yeah, that's my thought. Oh yeah, Chelsea. I feel like y'all have summed up this episode pretty well. But what I, in terms of the voice acting thing, I'll add my opinion. I would rather have old Mark Hamill trying to play young Luke than fucking robot I sound like uh, 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 trying to deliver these Same lines. emotion the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so I will say that. But no, definitely a great episode for all the reasons y'all have already mentioned and love the parallels between The Last Jedi and yeah, definitely just a yes. solid one for sure. Amazing episode. Well, Chelsea, you can lead us right into 
your second favorite episode. Yeah. So my second favorite is Imperial Feast. I mean, it's just this one, this specifically is genuinely my multiverse of madness. Because yes. it's Han and Leia, Hera, and Ewoks. Like, are you like literally someone made that for me? Whoever wrote that episode was like, I'm gonna write this for this person who I don't even know exists, but this is specifically <laughs> for them. And Joffel just like it's it's just funny, right? Because it's like Leia's like, all right, you have to like suck it up and go say that the ghost is a better ship so we can feed these Ewoks. And Han, of course, is like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then like Hera's a girl boss and is like, no, nah, I'm not gonna give you the fucking rations until you say it. And also, just like, what an iconic shot of seeing the ghosts and the Millennium Falcon right next to each other. Yeah. Like, it's just, and I also just love the, how I keep saying how much I love the animation style, but especially like these two, like extremely iconic ships, like seeing them next to each other, but also in this really fun, colorful style, they're just very friend shaped. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Like everything <laughs> is very kind of like round, but it's very comforting. Yeah. But that's the point. Cause like round things are considered more cute. I feel like there was a study about that and they actually used Grogu as like a focal point. I think I had to read this in something for one of my college classes oh for something where, about like how, like why things are cute is if they're a little bit round or so that's why like babies are typically seen as cute. Cause they're very, you know, whatever, <laughs> but, but that's how this show feels. Like everything feels very kind of just round and soft and just colorful. And yeah, it just, again, iconic moment from Hera to be like, you got to say this and then just get to get to see like Han and Hera interact because like realistically it would have happened right like so it was just it was just so 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 cool to see that thing and then of course Han going back and being like the Millennium Falcon is better and Leia being like yep yep <laughs> and then the Ewoks you know getting getting to eat and being happy about it you know it's just uh I just love everything everything about it <laughs> yeah for me, I feel like this episode is like my internal monologue because I love Rebels, but also one of my favorite Star Wars movies is Solo, a Star Wars story. So obviously the ghost ship and the Millennium Falcon, top two ships, very important to me. And I honestly cannot, I, I could not, like I was trying to think about it because I'm like, the debate's going to come up on the episode if we talk about that episode. So is it the ghost or is it the Millennium Falcon? I can, I genuinely cannot decide because... I lean towards Millennium Falcon, but then I'm like, but the ghost, the ghost ship is like super iconic and carries, you know, more iconic characters. Um, by like, I don't mean like they're more iconic than like Luke, Leia, and Han, but like there's, uh, there's like an actual numerical amount more <laughs> of iconic yeah. characters than, um, that than the no. Millennium Falcon. But I'm I can't just decide. having an internal crisis because I don't, I didn't think about it either. I just. I didn't think I had to decide when I watched the episode. Ooh, Ooh. I don't. What do you guys? I don't know. Oh, don't ask me that. This was gonna. This is actually gonna be my hot take. I was gonna say the ghost is a better ship than the Millennium Falcon next week. That's but not that. Now funny. I gotta think of something else. Oh, sorry. Tom. Sorry, is that a hot take? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, who came up with that? Rebels is Ahsoka is better than live action Ahsoka. That's cold. <laughs> That's okay, it's cold with an art circle, but if this for some reason in a different part of the fandom, like someone just stumbled upon this, I'd be crucified in the comments. So yeah, mm. it's cold here. I don't interact with those people, so I wouldn't know. I, mean, <laughs> I pray to God I never do, but like, you know, it could not be. Okay. 
Nah. <laughs> no, I I, uh, I lead towards more towards the Falcon because it's it's got more stories and it's around longer. But then Ahsoka, like I know we kind of we've been talking shit about the animation to live action aspect, but the ghost ship in live action is gonna slay. I don't care. It's going to look okay, cool period, as fuck, like closed oh up God. and everything. So. <laughs> That may like it may take the cake for me, um, but they're very close. Like literally, like the height of a fingernail, the Millennium Falcon might be just slightly higher. This is like Michelle earlier was saying, like asking me to pick between my favorite children. This is like what mm-hmm. that is yeah. for me. Like I don't think, I, like I'm too. Like I every time I'm like thinking about it, I keep envisioning my Lego sets of like the Millennium oh. Falcon, and I have like the Ghost and the Phantoms, and I'm like looking at both of them in my head, like. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, the ghost is cuter. Like it's like I feel like it has like true. a better shape. Because it's um, rounder. But I feel like what exactly. makes it more Yes. But I feel like what makes the Millennium Falcon so iconic is that it's a piece of shit. Like it was never supposed to be, you know, yeah. like cool. So I don't know. I feel like like I feel like that's a lot of what's iconic about it, is it's like what you know. a piece of junk. Same. Yeah. Same. I'm an iconic piece of shit. <laughs> yes. No. But also, I do love this episode. I love the Hera and Han banter. That makes so much sense to me. And um, we have, for the viewers that don't know, the SWE fiction where we tell all our stories. My first story in that was, uh, and we'll be talking about this later because Michelle actually released a story this week all about Harris and Dula. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, my first story in SW fiction was Skywalker Legacy of Endor. And one of the first moments is the morning after Endor. And I was very much inspired by this episode where they're bantering. And in my Skywalker Legacy of Endor, they're arguing about which has a better grill. Um, so I put I added that the, sh- that the ships have like um, little gr- grills um, and which one. Uh, could make the better Ronto wraps. And obviously, Hera's won. Uh, I don't even think Han tried. Um, <laughs> in, my mind, <laughs> in my mind, Han doesn't use it very much, and Hera Sandula very much does, because it's like... She's cooking she for her a, kiddos! Yes, exactly. She got a family to feed. Um, so. <laughs> Single mom who works two jobs <laughs> her and never stops. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, oh. that's very much Hera. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I loved, so uh, I love the stuff like that. Um, and the next episode we'll talk about too. Also influence something from SWE fiction. But uh, does anybody else have anything else to say about this episode? I probably will just reiterate that it was just such a fun crossover. And I think that around the time that these were coming out, I feel like there were a lot of questions to the story group folks on Twitter, like, oh, are these canon? Are these canon adjacent? I think that's what they settled on. These are sort of canon adjacent, like the Lego stuff. But that being said, it was the first time that we sort of knew that Hera and Chopper and the ghost had made it to uh, Endor, I think, because like yeah. this was before the end of Rebels. So it was sort of exciting to be like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. this is them like making it to Endor. They fought on Endor. They were around like during the Battle of Endor and all that. Um, and as you as you all mentioned, like the banter between Hera and Han is super fun. And of course, I love Leia. Like you know, 
just comforting Han and his bruised ego a little bit at the end is very cute. Um, And then I think there's a moment with Chopper and R2 as well, if I remember correctly, where they sort of like beep at each other or something. I was like, that's iconic because we've like never seen that before, except for the the one iconic Rebel Rebels episode. Uh, But um, wait, did they interact in? I think for like a yeah, second, right? Oh, it's yeah. been a while. I'm gonna need to rewatch soon. <laughs> oh oh it, yeah. no! You, oh no! You gotta rewatch Rebels. Oh, what a pain! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I I loved it. Um, and yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, also, yeah, I do remember it coming out before Rebels. I feel like I remember an interaction on Twitter. It was one of the story group members that was like just because Hera's the only one there doesn't mean everyone dies and or like doesn't mean something happens to everyone it's like you are like papa because (laughs) you you lied (laughs) (laughs) you are like papa i was very oh my god that's yeah yeah i also remember the canon stuff um to me i always read it it was like like a step higher than the Lego stuff. Like all the stuff obviously happened, but then there's like some like cartoon things happen. Like in the Ray episode, she like picks up BB-8 and runs. But then in the Force Awakens, you see like BB-8 is very heavy, and there's that scene where Finn and Ray are trying to like hold him, and it, it doesn't work out. So I feel like I always like thought of it as like canon, but there's like just the little things like that. It's like exaggerated a little bit. But I'm not going to lie, that's kind of how I always viewed, like, Star Wars animation as a whole anyways, because it's, like, there's some things that, like, can't happen in live action, and they always talk about that, like, um, like I, some of the Ahsoka interviews, the actresses are talking about, like, oh, there's this person training us, and I showed her this, I showed her Sabine doing this, and she's like, that's physically impossible, but <laughs> we could do something a little similar. Um, so. Yeah, that's how I always viewed animation anyways, but um, yeah, I don't know. I always like to think about that. Like, if I'm put into the Star Wars universe today, like, if the Star Wars universe is real, I'm put into it today in a universe where everything that has come out has to make sense in one continuity, in one timeline. Um, What would things look like? And, like, what would, you know, some of these, like, moments that are, like, animation, what would they realistically look like? um in a real world i always imagine things like that i don't know why <laughs> but part of being a star wars fan just imagining yourself walking around the galaxy all right and now we'll get into our next one which is mine my third and final one we'll talk about more honorable mentions afterwards but my third favorite episode is traps and tribulations uh like i mentioned last time uh there's some things that kind of influenced or informed SWE fiction. And the first ever thing that we did in SWE fiction was Tom and I, or Tom wrote Blood of Vader and I, I had story influence. I think one of the things Tom had put in there was the Gorax, um, which is from the Ewok movies, but then they put it in here, which canonized the Gorax, which is this giant beast. Um, there's probably a few of them that live on Endor and, uh, they're kind of scary, but you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a giant beast. Um, and in this episode, we get to see Luke and Leia and the Ewoks take down a Gorax, um, which was a very fun moment and definitely had Return of the Jedi vibes. Um, 
it shows like it it's in line with how the ewoks defeated the empire you know with logs and smashing them together and such um very iconic very iconic scenes um and i really like this episode because like luke and leia together uh like i said before uh carrie had just passed i believe this is season two though yeah. uh so it's a bit later yeah. on yeah yeah but uh still still iconic seeing them together um it was very funny because we talked about before mark hamill voicing uh luke it was very funny to see like someone who's mimicking a or not mimicking but doing an impression of a younger leia and then we have old luke skywalker <laughs> and they're interacting um another case of multiverse of madness but uh <laughs> i yeah i really liked the episode we also got to see leia wielding uh the lightsaber first time in canon we saw leia wield a lightsaber so uh Sorry, J.J. Abrams, but clearly this is the blueprint. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love this episode. And like Chelsea, I love the Ewoks because there's just like this cute, wholesome vibe, especially in this show. Um, I was almost I almost put the uh, the chopper episode with the Ewoks because that <laughs> that was very cute. But um, no, I, I, I think this one, this one is uh, very much up there for me. And also important. Because, like I said, the Blood of Vader connections and um, having like a Gorax, um, and we watched that. We watched that a lot um, when making the storyboard of <laughs> the first uh, or the first episode. We watched that a lot um, with the Gorax fight. Um, lots of cool stuff. So, um, and like I said, it's a it, it comes from the Ewok movies, um, which I think Chelsea and I were talking about the Ewok stuff before. So we'll go with them first on or. Yeah, the Ewok movies and such and the animated series. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Chelsea, how do you feel about this episode? Again, anything that has to do with the Ewoks, I automatically love. I just also love how, like Michelle was touching on earlier, how Leia has always seen them as, like, sentient, intelligent beings and not just as, like, these, you know, non-intelligent, non-worth-anything creatures like the Empire does. And I think this is another one where it's, like, Leia doesn't have to do the work. They just need a little bit of help. They know how to handle this thing and deal with this trap. They just need someone who's a little taller or someone who has something to cut through, like a lightsaber, to, to help out. So, I mean, you know, I just, yes. I, I also love the way they celebrate at the end. The Ewoks celebrating is always the, the yeah. way they just like jump and cheer is always just like, ah, so stinking cute. So, you know, I just loved seeing a, um, Luke and Leia team up as well. Her grabbing the lightsaber and just instantly knowing what to do is just so slay as always. Because Leia is just like Leia is just the original girl boss. Like there's no arguing yeah. that. Like so you know, <laughs> definitely, definitely a fun one. Yes, definitely. I just want to cut in real quick and say for the audio listeners, I wish not not to say that you should come over here from YouTube, but unless you want to watch twice, I don't mind where you listen or watch. But I wish you could see our big ass smiles on our faces as we talk <laughs> about these episodes. Yes, because um, oh. like genuinely enjoy these episodes and talking about them. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Like like I said, it's like basically become forgotten. You don't really see people talk about it. Um, I think the the most notable thing from it is that Tar Vizsla, uh, that that's his uh, Wikipedia cover photo is <laughs> the statue from art history. But uh, Michelle, what did you think about this episode? 
I loved this one. I mean, that's what I'm going to say about every single one. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, totally agree. Uh, Ewok cuteness, I'm always here for. Um, but I also really enjoyed, yeah, the like Luke Leia team up, just having them interact a little bit. I felt like, actually, like I know we didn't get a lot of it, um, like post. We got like one scene, right? Like post Luke coming back with Vader's body. It's like at the yeah. funeral scene, right? Like we don't really ever see them interact. We, the only thing we really see is like Leia telling Han, like he's my brother, don't freak out or whatever, um, right? Yeah. But then like there's just that little moment where Leia like checks on Luke. I think as he's staring at all the Force ghosts. But I always wondered. I always wished that we could have seen more of them have a conversation after Luke had confronted Palpatine and Vader. Um, So I don't know, just like the idea of them two, you know, hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was that cute moment at the end where Leia is holding Luke's lightsaber because he tossed it to her to, to cut the rope. She like, doesn't give it back to him right away. (laughs) He's like, can I give me that? I might need that. (laughs) Give me that back. She's like, "Mm." (laughs) yeah, pretty cute. Loved it, yeah. yes. Oh, All I'm going to say is read The Princess and the Scoundrel because I just finished it. And there's so much... I spoke about it last week, but I just finished it. There's so much Return of the Jedi stuff. You get so much on, like... It's such a good follow-up to Return of the Jedi. Um, oh, all the well, I totally will. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but the episode, yeah. Um, I remember it being quite... Not emotional, but like I remember around the time this one came out, Mark Hamill had an interview, and he basically said like, "Oh, it's not the same not doing this without like Carrie and Harrison." And obviously, here he was playing Luke, but obviously someone else was playing Leia, so it's a bit like it must have been kind of like quite difficult for him. Uh, even though like I know with voice acting, like they're not usually in the same booth, so he was probably just by himself. But still, it's like it's different. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a it's a weird little episode for me because like it's a it's like you said, it's a cute fun episode but like bittersweet. it kind of has that like in the background kind of yeah bittersweet um I don't know what else to add on this episode like it's a fun little one um <laughs> Ewoks are cute what haven't what haven't we said um not they a lot round. Um, they are round they are round they are round and fuzzy um and also the gorak i actually i just googled it because i was like surely the gorak on wikipedia also has forces of destiny picture and it does oh. so that's also forces of destiny legacy that's nice. two wikipedia articles right there <laughs> <laughs> love it love it i bet you i'll have to look at ketsu but i bet you anything ketsu probably yeah, Kids would be rebels uh, for sure. Yeah, but I bet you there's probably a picture of yeah, of yeah. yes, probably. Yeah, the Ketsu armor that was really cool. Uh, I wanted to watch that, that earlier. I don't think we're going to talk about this. I don't think it's on anyone's list. So I thought that was really cool. That I got to actually see Sabine like painting with like her airbrush and such. Like that was, I was like, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> wow, big moment. Um, but yeah, absolutely love that episode. Now we'll move on to Tom's number one favorite episode since we're moving back. Number one Tom and Chelsea. favorite episode. 
my number one favorite episode is well it's, it's a bit of a cop-out but i'm gonna say run ray run but honestly pretty much all the ray episodes are my favorites uh but especially the ones like before the force awakens they kind of lead into one another um but run ray run especially like i really love like the message in it like I was thinking when I was watching it as well, like there's a whole debate about like the Ray. Nobody, Ray somebody. And my I think my like input on that usually is like from like where we are in the story, like Ray was before she knew she was like a somebody, Ray was still a hero anybody. When she thought she was a nobody, Ray was still a hero. And that uh is a really important message to me, I think. Um and it's usually my input to the bait. Like, I don't mind too much where she comes from because, like, it doesn't change her too much. Mm-hmm. Well, it does, but, you know, in a different <laughs> kind of... She's still a hero. Um, mm-hmm. And she still persists to be a hero. Um, so in this episode, she's searching for scrap metal and a broken Star Destroyer. Uh, she finds some, but, like, it's stuck. So she decides not to get it because it's going to send the whole place down on her. Uh, then Tito shows up to rob her, and then basically he causes Tito. it to crash down. Tito. That Tito. But yeah, and then basically she could have left him for dead, but she doesn't uh, because she's a good person. Um okay. In live action, she probably would have. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Just as, like, I don't know. I think it's just because Ray's my favorite character. And, like, this is the one of the only shorts where, like, it's before their introduction in the film. Um, yeah. Especially, like, with Ray, because obviously she gets a whole trilogy of, like, growth. But, um, yeah. Um, my mind's gone a bit blank because I've been <laughs> here for a while. But yeah, They've, it's uh, my like. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that's fine. Um, um, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to say like, yeah, Ray is my favorite, probably my favorite character, um, yeah. of the bunch. So yeah, yeah, I loved how much they were able to pack in with Ray, um, in this series, especially because it's like. Like I said, all of them kind of take place. Well, that episode takes place before she meets BB-8. Um, so I thought that was cool. Remind me, this is the same episode that involves her speeder, right? And like her being a girl boss against Uncar Plutt. Or is that another episode? It's like seven, that's, right? There's a, that's a different one. Yeah. I, that's Damn. the third one, I think. That's yeah. Half I a hazard. I see. Yeah. yeah. Which I okay, almost so, <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. I love that moment where it's like she's like being a girl boss against Uncar Plutt, like fuck Uncar Plutt, especially after reading Shadow of the Sith. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about Wait, this episode. What? Oh, I'm uh, so- is he in that? <laughs> Sneaky. Oh no, it's just I'm behind on all my Star Wars books. Like clearly, I need to read a lot. So actually, uh, yeah. I'm a huge to be red pile. Anyway, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, not a, not That's a not, huge the book's been out, so you're not spoiling yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, not a huge part, so don't expect anything like big, yeah. but it's just like it's more just like fuck Uncar Plutt. Like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's just how it always is. Yeah. Um yeah. no, but yeah, I really like like Tom said, I really did like this episode. Um well I was 
when I was watching it, what I always think is funny because this image is engraved in my mind because I remember 2015 or 2016 Force Awakens comes out on Blu-ray. It's the only DVD I had at the time because I think all of them got like destroyed or lost because they were all, I was a kid. And so any DVD I had was gone by that point. So it was like the only one I had. I would put it on at night, pretty much every night. And I wake up at 2 a.m. and it's the, it's the, cover screen uh where it's like press play and such and the screen was the inside of the star destroyer and i believe there's one shot where it literally looks like they traced like the exact like um that yeah. exact shot where it's like it's like ray coming down on the rope but um anyways i always like i always think of that because i always think of the music blasting and um the the music that played was the music when the Millennium Falcon shows up in The Force Awakens after Rey and Kylo's duel. Like I said, it's engraved in my mind. I could probably tell you the exact shots that were <laughs> that yeah. were shown in the thing. Um, but uh, no, I I really like I really like this series because there's a lot of moments like that where it kind of gives you a little nostalgic feeling, but it's not like over the top fan service. I don't know if Tom, the filmmaker, agrees or not. But for me, it wasn't too bad. Fan service is not a filmmaking term. <laughs> it's only it's a Twitter filmmaker term. thing ever. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I I was thinking of that. I don't know why, but any of these race stories, I really love. Um, it was really cool that uh, Star Wars is at a point where um, they had this show that was for young girls, and they could market it so much with this main character that they had at this point now ray the lead hero uh and this was before she was a palpatine before that was even on paper this this <laughs> series came out so yeah. always appreciate it <laughs> yeah um yeah chelsea what's your take on this wonderful ray episode yeah, I think a lot of what Tom said really resonated with me about how it shows regardless of Ray's story, you can always, her lineage, her origins, whatever you want to call it, that like you can still make a decision to do the right thing and just to be a good person. And I just love that message. And I just, yeah, I feel like that's definitely. all I really have to say about it. But Yeah, definitely. And Michelle? Well, if you want, I can share my third one because I think it sort of just builds right off the tail of um, Tom's. My, yes. the other, I guess, top three of mine was Sands of Jakku, um, which is the one where Ray rescues BB-8 from getting eaten by a Night Watcher worm. Um, yes. And yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head that it's such a nostalgic thing. One of my favorite parts of it um, is after she saves BB-8 and he he's he's like oh my you know alive and well and um and she's sort of like repeating his words back at him she's like how did i find you just lucky i guess or you know she says something like that um right. and it and i think her themes playing in the background anyway again the whole like emotional thing i love ray's theme it is like my favorite mm -hmm. star wars track and theme um and to hear that yeah. playing throughout like when the because i think sense of jacku is the first one the first episode and I remember yeah. being so excited for it and just being, of course, the fact that they freaking got Daisy back to do Ray as well. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And watching these again for this episode, I found myself missing her incredibly, like, because she's not in the Lego stuff, you know, yeah. um, voicing Ray. Uh, so 
anyway, um, you know, it's just wonderful. And I think it, it, I loved it in particular because it, you see that moment where she's like, oh, she's got the force a little bit. Like she, she found, she found BB-8 in the sand. She doesn't know how she did it, but she did. And I was Sounds always team, I was always team Ray nobody um, from the get-go. Yes. I remember enduring, well, you guys know, we've all been around this long, but I remember enduring years of not comments directed at me, but navigating comment sections and fan communities of people from the very trailer guessing that she was a solo, a Skywalker. The the whole joke after Force Awakens was, oh, she's Palpatine. Like, that was a joke at the time. But I, I remember from the get-go being Team Rey nobody. Not because the message that Rise of Skywalker ended up giving about her lineage. Like, I like that. And I like the fact that she had her has her found family in Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, complete tangent. I love... <laughs> If you take Ray Nobody separate from Ray Palpatine into Ray Skywalker, those are two separate arcs that unfortunately had to navigate a set period of three movies instead of just sticking with one all the way through. Whatever, that's my thoughts on Rise of Skywalker for another time. <laughs> but <laughs> like separately, I like each of those ideas if they, if it's done well. But in terms of Ray just being someone with the Force and figuring it out in that journey and as we've said, her just being a good person because it's the right thing to do. Um, I've always loved that about the character. Uh, and and even if she has, you know, comes from humble beginnings or whatever. So, um, yeah, the episode's just plain and simply um, my favorite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I love it, too. Um, and just everything about Ray, like I said, it, it, it's yes. fantastic. And just brings me back to a more i don't know if it was a more peaceful time <laughs> um, but yeah a time a time before ray you know because uh, it was well this was before the last show so they didn't they technically yeah. didn't reveal yet that she was ray nobody um but yeah i just love seeing these episodes that kind of stick to that and there's no like palpatine you know here and there it's also just funny like seeing the way i was thinking about this the other day with like the content that comes out like the books and such it's like it's so funny with the sequel trilogy where it's like each movie there's kind of like this thing where books kind of have to come in and <laughs> kind of explain like oh yeah that's where this thing came from <laughs> um and it's, it's just funny because it's like the content comes out like the content that comes out before the last Jedi. You could you can tell like it was made in a Force Awakens era, and then after that, like this was made before the Rise of Skywalker and that sort of thing. So I always think it's funny to look back at content like that. Like, damn, y'all had no idea what was coming, <laughs> and there was fate was not going to allow you to tease it. So <laughs> that's yeah. where we are. But yeah. You just reminded me, there's that other episode with her that is post um, Last Jedi, and we see her on Octo, and she's training, and then they're, they're, the Porgs like, steal her lightsaber or whatever, and then she yes. uses the Force to stop them from, like, flying over the edge of the cliff with them, and I loved that one as well. Once again, it's just this little moment of, like, seeing her, like, 
I just grapple with her abilities and try to understand the force. And she was like, I didn't know I could do that either. Like I was able to hold you in the air with the force. And it was like, sweet. Um, Cause Porgs are again, Porgs are round and cute. <laughs> the Porgs are cute. And like in this animation style, they're so, so adorable. Um, and Ray's adorable. And yeah, just like, that's a little moment from like, you know, that you could, I totally could have seen happening in last Jedi that I really liked, but again, like just a little, little tiny moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We keep talking about like how the creatures, they're like cute and round in this uh, show. I actually didn't realize until recently that Forces of Destiny has a spinoff, but it, you, you wouldn't know. But Star Wars Blips is a spinoff of Forces of Destiny. It's the same animation style, like same team. It's just taking <gasps> the cute little creatures and then putting them here. So it's like, what? <laughs> I was, I was shook to find that out. I was like, oh, whoa <laughs> but incredible. uh yeah because you, you look you compare it's like oh yeah that definitely is the porgs from forces of destiny um but yeah <laughs> random side note but uh yeah i thought that was interesting anyways are we on i think we're on chelsea's we're on chelsea next. yeah yes. yeah so my episode. number one yeah <laughs> my number one favorite is also the last episode of the series which is a disarming lesson so i mean obviously this is my favorite because it's just all yeah. Rebels era. Rebels Ahsoka. And then I love, I love, listen, justice for blue-haired Ezra. I yeah! love Ezra. <laughs> love seeing, love seeing him in his little like Lothrat, Lothrat stage, if you will. But um it's amazing just you know, blueberry Ezra. Uh, bring him back. We'll just bring Ezra back, period. But yeah, also, true. Like, <laughs> can he please come back with like grown out blue hair? Like, come on. That'd be so okay, wait, 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 Chelsea. Oh my god. My friend, she's like, Ezra has to come back with a ponytail. Oh for Kanan. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't even think about that. No, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i agree hair has to be grown out hair has to be blue and hair has to be in a ponytail yeah yeah when you said ponytail i was like that would be cool but i didn't think about it until you said canid like yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that was a so moment. now that my heart has been crushed um <laughs> <Sorry. back. laughs> But anyway, um, just loved also too just having uh, Taylor Gray and Ashley again. Just like love, love that. And again, it's something that I feel like it's like an epilogue to an episode. Like after the Ahsoka reveal, it's like okay, they're parked. Like Zeb's probably off running errands. Like Kanan and Hera are doing whatever. Like Hera, uh, Sabine's probably doing art. So like they're just having this moment, right? And again, just like getting to see that kind of young, headstrong Ezra. Who's maybe a little cocky at times, get a little bit humbled by Ahsoka, who we have seen be the exact same way Ezra has, being a little headstrong with her master. Just like loved, loved seeing that. Um, yeah, it's just really, really great episode. And again, another thing that I love is I love Ezra's blaster saber. Yes. I feel like, I feel like that that can be controversial depending on people, but I just like loved, you know, seeing that. And again, the lesson that is taught that it's like it's not about, you know, power, right? Like it's important to recognize when you have power, but it's also important to understand the responsibility that comes with it. So, you know, yeah. just really loved it. People who hate that saber can literally fight me. Like it has so much symbolism. Like it's and like it sucks that 
part of the arc is that he has to get rid of it because it's like i don't know it's a it's definitely a symbolic thing where it's like blasters obviously aren't a weapon that a jedi uses it's the lightsaber is a weapon uh it's an elegant weapon for more civilized age um and (laughs) you know the jedi kind of looked down on blasters but it's like ezra with this distrust has this lightsaber blaster he doesn't fully give himself to the jedi yet um but you know he's kind of walking along and then he finally gets that moment where he gets a little deacidified and you know shaves his hair. <laughs> and, uh, the deacidification <laughs> of Ezra Bridger. I'm gonna write a thesis yeah. on that. <laughs> he's still he's still slays, but yeah, he did. Get oh a my little, god! Um, but yeah, I always think that's so cool. Like just seeing him, you know, grow into go into this Jedi. And honestly, I hope the Ahsoka series reveals that he was one of the best Jedi of all time. Uh, oh, he already I, is. He yes, already exactly. is. Exactly. Yep. Um, but yeah, I want to see him. Like, yeah, I just I love Ezra. I love this episode too. That's the one that's on the thumbnail. Um, I really love that duel and just yeah. like I always. That's that's when I think of like how grateful I am for Forces of Destiny because it's like seeing moments like that, and then you have. Ashley Eckstein's Ahsoka, Taylor Gray back as Ezra, you know, not in this Buffalo Wild Wings commercial anymore. He's back here <laughs> in Forces of Destiny. <laughs> um, and uh, I I just enjoy it. It's like watching a Rebels episode and, you know, it doesn't really feel much different because, I mean, Rebels fans, I, I think Rebels animation is beautiful, but Rebels fans already kind of had to defend Rebels animation and animation styles anyway. So, for the people that really love Rebels, it's really not that different. It's like, who cares what animation style it is? These are my people. Uh, I love Ezra. I love Ahsoka. Um, Period. I just, yeah. I love those duels. Like, I, I love training duels. Like, yes. I, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, when they had Anakin and Obi-Wan in their training duel, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I love those things. Uh, same with the Yoda and Ahsoka um, training duel. I thought that was amazing. So, yeah, and like I said before, it's really cool that like that was the last Ahsoka episode, and so it's like Ahsoka kind of had this arc of like not really an arc because it's not really connected, but it's like we see her get a Padawan braid, we see her get you know uh, lightsaber training, we see her you know learn more about Anakin and uh, Anakin and Ahsoka helping each other out, and then we get to the end where Ahsoka is now the master. She's not Ezra's master, but she is the she's she's the elder among the group you know she she is a predecessor to uh or predecessor i don't know if that's the right word she comes before canaan she is uh she's canaan's you know elder so um that's really cool to see because we obviously saw soka go from like michelle said in a tube top fucking 10 years old or however old (laughs) then it moves on to you know growing up Finally has clothes and is an amazing. <laughs> <character>. <laughs> amazing. Oh. Hey, hey. Yeah. Anyways, sorry for the long tangent about this episode. <laughs> uh, but Tom, what do you think about this uh, training duel between Ezra and Ahsoka? I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it was kind of like a draw between this and. Um, the art one. I've already forgotten what it's called. Um, art, history. The, art history. That's the one. <laughs> um, it was because they just hit very similar beats. But I think 
uh, art history run out because, or won out because it just felt more different. Like, it felt like something that we didn't see in Rebels, whereas obviously this is a scene we didn't have in Rebels, but I feel like we had similar scenes with Ezra and Kanan. But obviously it's a different dynamic because it's different characters. Um, that's the only reason, like, it's one of my favorite episodes, but that's the reason it wasn't in my top three. That because Chelsea had already chosen it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. It's fun to have, like, a little look back at, like, that season two era. Um, especially with the young Ezra. And yeah, that's yeah. not got much more to add on that. Yeah. I think it's cool because it kind of informs the future with like Ezra getting to help train Sabine with the Darksaber and then uh Kanan and Sabine have their moment with uh their training duel. Again, another lovely training duel. Um that one's yeah. probably the best one. But uh <laughs> I uh yeah. I really uh, enjoy, uh, I thought about that a lot, that, you know, this journey that all these Rebels characters go on, like, god damn, <laughs> they, have, they have clear arcs and character development across these four seasons, but, um, yeah, I I really wonder if, like, in those moments where he's training Sabine, he thinks back to, like, the Ahsoka duel, or Ahsoka training him here and there, uh, or obviously Kanan, um, <laughs> He's probably more thinking about Kanan. But it's possible he had those little thoughts about the Ahsoka, the Ahsoka duel. So, I don't know. <laughs> Michelle, what do you think about this episode? I loved it. It was definitely a contender for a favorite, but we were trying to all <laughs> behind the scenes look here. We were all picking episodes that we each other hadn't picked to keep it interesting. Um, so it was definitely a favorite yes. of mine as well. Um, I, yeah, it's it's such I, I feel like it perfectly could have fit before or like at the tail end of um the mystery of chopper base so that's the episode before mm. twilight of the apprentice um mm-hmm. though it looked like they were sort of on lothal almost mm-hmm. yeah. like with the grass again not that we're like i don't care or keep tally on like mindless you know like detail like that like these are these are not that serious <laughs> none about <laughs> nothing about this is that serious so it, it but in my mind i was like oh it's giving chopper base vibes um on yeah. adelon um yeah i loved it it was just this i don't know this gentle little moment it because i i remember I, when i've done rewatches of rebels before i've thought of like when we do get to see ahsoka and um selfishly i'm like i love that she's a cute little rebel leader um and she has her cool moments uh when she's like fighting the inquisitors and stuff but i remember just always wishing that uh, we could see her as this jedi like jedi wise wise jedi master um like more than just um this sort of like force user on the run you know, hiding among the, the rebels sort of situation. So I loved that she was taking the moment to, um, yeah, just teach Ezra about um, that responsibility and the responsibility of having a lightsaber. One of, what does she say? Like one of the, only, the few people to have one and a kyber mm-hmm. crystal and just the importance of that. Um, and yeah, the animation style really, really makes her mm-hmm. rebels look, look very cool and just like, mm-hmm 
such a friendly, like adorable little face. And Ezra, as we already have said, um, also adorable and <laughs> his yeah. uh, long, longer hair. So yeah, loved it. <laughs> yeah. This episode made me a little sad because I was like, Kanan would have really slayed in this animation style. I know. <laughs> yeah, he would have. I really wish they would have continued um, Forces of Destiny. Is that a topic Obviously, for later? Because I have thoughts as well. Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it right now because I mean we yeah. we wrapped up everything. So um, yeah, let's talk about some of the other things about Forces of Destiny um, that aren't exactly like story elements. Um, biggest one being that Forces of Destiny should have fucking continued. Um, it kind of got replaced by Galaxy of Adventures. Um, I I mean they don't really say what happened. They released the Cure episode. I remember it specifically. They released that on the day that Solo came out, and I thought that was really cool because I had saw Solo the night before, so it was like, oh, like I'm already getting extra content from Solo, which I really loved, and it's about Kira in those three years between. And then it was like radio silence after that. <laughs> you never. Yeah, that was the last heard. episode, right? Was the Kira? Yeah. One. Yeah, and it was like random. Like obviously it couldn't have been instinctive because it's animation. They had to plan it, but it's like that was the last episode of Forza Destiny and they never came back. <laughs> um and I think there's just a lot of cool things that could have been in this show, especially um now that like Rise of Skywalker has come out. Um moments there, you know? I, this would have been a perfect way to give us um like obviously we want to see John Boyega in action in live action being a Jedi, but I feel like this would have been a cool way. It's a step above the Lego stuff. Like it would have actually solidified a Canon Finn Jedi Finn. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that would have been cool to see, you know, maybe Ray training Finn uh, because they had a lot of those moments Um, or just lots. There's so many different moments. Um, I think season two, uh of the show kind of shows that that they're kind of looking to expand their horizons a bit um where the stories don't exactly have to be about um like these main characters they could be about any characters uh they don't have to be like moments that are important they could be you know random moments or moments way back then with art history with tar Vizsla stuff it's like you know it had a lot of potential and i feel like the show mm-hmm. definitely delivered but if there was like like i said i don't want to assume what happened because they don't they didn't say anything but i think that if i had to take a guess there was a lot of backlash from people that were not even fucking watching this show um mm-hmm. and the people that like us that enjoy it have to suffer uh because of that <laughs> same with uh resistance um yeah it's kind of cancer because of fan backlash and then they replaced it with galaxy of adventures and it's like damn um it sucks too because the whole point and i remember because that's why it was so controversial they announced that star Wars celebration they specifically said it was for young girls uh to get you know these kids that are watching disney channel or disney xd or even youtube kids get them into star wars for the new generation that was very much the whole point so it just sucks that like People, people grown men not people yeah grown, grown ass adult <laughs> men yes shit on things that at their core are made for children but that everyone can enjoy yep exactly. bingo you said and, it chelsea yes and now we all have to suffer um 
<laughs> it sucks. Um, but no, what do you guys think? I know, Michelle, you said you had some thoughts on Forces of Destiny continuing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's interesting because a huge portion of or a huge element of Forces of Destiny was the merchandise tie-in. They released a whole bunch of toys, um, like action figures and costuming products, um, like a little kid-sized race staff. um, And... Uh, bedding, like you know, home home products, um, all aimed specifically for girls. Though, as we've said, not 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 at all limited to um, girls. Um, any any children, anyone can enjoy that. Um, so, I often thought that perhaps the reason they didn't um, continue the series is because they sort of the whole purpose of it was initially to go to accompany the merchandise launch. Um, <laughs> But that being said, we're still. I was complaining to everyone earlier. I'm not going to get into it now. But even now, they are releasing action figure sets that are excluding key female characters. Like mm-hmm. there is a set of action figures from Obi Wan Kenobi that do not feature Leia and Tala, but instead feature a droid that was only in like two scenes. Like to this day, we are still seeing issues with having female characters in like the merchandise for Star Wars, I think female fans are still not catered to or not even female. That's very by, you know, it's very like, what do you call that? You know what I'm trying to say? It's very like outdated, outdated mindset. Anyway, thank you. What I'm trying to say is that (laughs) gender is not a binary. It's not, it's not a binary. Gender is not binary. So even that is like, Anyway, the point that I'm trying to get at is I that that's often why I thought that maybe they didn't cancel it, but obviously we know that yes, if heaven forbid you have a series that focuses on like the female characters of Star Wars only, right? At the time it was only and like that was something new to season 2 was adding in those couple of episodes without the female characters, but that was yep. the entire premise. And yeah, so whatever, people were nasty and terrible about it. Um but I loved the animation style. I think it is so accessible in terms of like children can watch this. But as we said, it's colorful. It's beautiful. It flatters so many like creatures or characters or just like worlds in Star Wars. It's just beautiful. And I 100% think that like the messages that this show portrayed for children like are something that we should continue to have in the world and continue in and the, like those little moments whether they are cute and they tie into the larger you know like leia getting her endor dress if they're more pivotal moments in the saga or they're like something little like ahsoka training padme in the starship right all of that is still relevant because we continue to get more star wars content like we should totally have some of these shorts for the Rise of Skywalker characters, for comic characters, for the High Republic characters. Yes. Holy shit! First off, I know we're getting the animated show. I know that. But listen, High Republic characters in this animation style, <laughs> it'd be so good! It'd be so good! Yeah. Yes. Anyway, okay, that- I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 that was something I was thinking about. In addition to what you said about like the marketing thing, I think that's a bummer. But I think this like format would work really well for introducing characters from comics and books, including yeah. the High Republic, the High Republic especially, yeah. into that. Like you could do an episode about like Sienna before she joined the Empire. Yeah. And then maybe Ooh. you could have a couple of her within or a couple of whatever and can still touch on those like more 
more difficult themes to address for younger for younger audience because that's something star wars has always done especially in their animated shows extremely well is talking about things that can be really serious in a way that's easy for children to understand and that's so so important so like Maybe I'm just a Lost Stars whore and I just want to see like more <laughs> of that. But like, I, I think just too, because they're little bite-sized pieces, yeah. that's a really good way to like introduce maybe lesser known characters. And uh, yeah, like you said, the High Republic, that would, that kept playing in my head. So I'm so thankful that you said it. I was <laughs> like, that would be amazing to see a couple of these little ones, especially too, because there are so, so many cool characters in the high republic that all do these like amazing things and you already have like the high republic adventures that is already geared towards a younger audience that would translate so so well into these little like bite-sized moments and like you've already said i just love the animation style everything about it is just colorful and clearly i like color so i just (laughs) i love like the brightness of it all um yeah i it's really a bummer that um you know something with with really good intentions that really is enjoyable for I think most people was kind of just written off because of whether expenses or because of the uh, annoying segment of the fandom. It's, Mm -hmm. It's really a shame. Yeah, definitely. I think like, it just, it sucks. Cause it's like it, the people, like if you're a star Wars fan, how do you not, like some of these like i get it if you don't like the sequels you're not gonna like the sequel ones but i mean like how do you watch an episode explaining how leia got like the bush bounty hunter uh outfit and then be like fuck that like what are you serious (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know i just i don't get it and so i always like remember thinking like the people complaining about this aren't watching it because i didn't hear anybody say that like that watched it and was like that was horrible it's like no like the only complaints i ever heard was that it was about females there's too much ray and anakin's fucking scar (laughs) that was that was the three main complaints um in the opposite order because it was anakin's scar was the number one thing (laughs) like (laughs) jesus it's like you animate yeah. it then. All right, yeah. clock right. in. I'd like to see you do it. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I love it. Oh my god. Like, exactly. ugh. yeah. Anyway. Yes. Also, we talked about this before the episode. I wanted to ask Michelle about yeah. it because I didn't know this exists, but I think I know what you're talking about because I remember they did like this thing where they put it on Disney oh. XD or Disney Channel one day, and I feel like that's where it was made. But yeah. apparently. There's a version that I have not seen where Maz Kanata actually like narrates. I don't yes. know, Michelle. What is it? Yeah. So, well, it it this is interesting. So, on YouTube right now, on Disney, one of the Disney channels on YouTube, they have all of the episodes in four volumes, so-called volumes. It's just stitching them all together in like twenty-minute episodes. That's how I watched them because I was not about to, like pull up each individual episode and i first i don't know how i knew that they existed in the volume form at but i i did and so i knew that i wanted to watch that and i also remembered that throughout that in those 20 minute episodes you get interludes of maz narrating the story so she she's addressing the viewer she's like oh hi like i didn't see you there like come join me and like sit down for some soup um and then 
in like later volume, she's looking for something. So she's like, oh, uh, thanks. You're a friend like here to help me. Hey, I'll tell you a story while we, while, while, while I look for my lost item or, you know what I mean? So she's like narrating the stories and, and it's very cute. Like just this, this interlude. And it's kind of nice too, because she'll give a prelude to like the types of episodes that are going to come up. So, you know, she might, she would say something like, um, you know, sometimes making a difference doesn't have to be a big action. It can be something small. And then the next episode would start. And I just thought it was really sweet. Um, this cute little, like, just addition to everything. It sort of made it all, it connected everything a little bit. And you could get the sense in the story, essentially, that Maz is the one always telling these stories, which I think we knew from the intro card, you know, when right. she's speaking or whatever. Um but the in in the final volume in volume four, um, she's on her ship and she's been double crossed by Hondo. So she's currently locked up in her own cell and she's like fiddling with the wires, like trying to get the door open or something. And again, telling stories. But it, it ends like the whole volume and the whole show essentially ends um, with her tricking Hondo and then he's in the cell and then they're discussing, um, you know, like profit, like who's going to split the the pirate bounty they have 50, 50, but it ends really cute where he was like, Oh, like, who are you talking to? Because she's been talking to us, the viewer. And <laughs> she's like, never mind him. Like, you know, something about, Oh, I hope that you found, a reward in these stories like you've appreciated these stories and he goes reward what reward i would have been paying attention if i knew there was a reward like it was so just like classic hondo and they got oh, yeah. jim cummings back for the voice as well um so yeah honestly like if you find yourself wanting to watch these again go to youtube and watch the volumes because i don't think you get any of that if you just watch the individual postings or even the stuff on disney plus i bet you don't get it so it was like mm -hmm. just yeah. this cute wonderful little little tidbit little addition to right. everything yeah yep no yeah i need to check that out because like like i said i had no idea that existed but i do remember when forces of destiny came out they like put the first like half of the first season or something yeah. so on disney yeah. channel and it was like a 20 minute thing like it took up like a it was like a rebels episode yeah. length so damn yeah. <laughs> i need to check that out yeah. yeah yeah it's really it was really cute Mascanada breaking the fourth wall, her She-Hulk moment. No, literally. <laughs> and you know that? what was interesting? That's the other thing I wanted to mention. The order in which they I watched them was different than all of you. However, hmm. they released them like individually or however they are listed on the TV is different than how they were ordered in the volumes. Like I hmm. I don't my final one that I watched was not whatever. Your the final, final one for me was uh, the Kira one. The Kira and yes. Uh, let me. Interesting. That was a final one okay. For me. Yeah, I think I the Kira it. one might have been, or no, it wasn't. I don't remember, but it like you know what I'm saying. Like it was ordered differently, which I thought was interesting. It wasn't in chronological order though. Like that's it was in some random order essentially. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I watched because it. They have like a playlist or whatever, the official playlist of all the episodes. Because originally I was going to watch it on Disney Plus, but the Disney Plus episodes have like two extra minutes of credits, but they're not like, it's like, you know, Disney Plus, they have like all the foreign language credits. Yeah. And I'm like, respectfully, I respect your talent, but like, <laughs> I need really? to watch these quickly. You're turning it two minute episodes. 
No, it mine doesn't play. even. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't even, like. Oh, yeah, mine, mine doesn't even let you. Wow. You have to. You have to go back and manually click the next episode. It doesn't play like a playlist uh, for me on Disney Plus. Oh no! I'm so like, sorry. That's so weird. <laughs> Because it doesn't, because I remember that happening before, and I'm like, is this just like my fate? Like, I can't watch Force of Destiny correctly Aww. without five minute interludes <laughs> of credits. <laughs> and For an episode cool that's two minutes long, right? <laughs> right. The credits were literally longer than the episodes. It's <laughs> like, I'm not doing this. Um, all righty. We have two viewer questions this week. As always, you can join the Discord server uh, and we will answer two questions at the end of every week. So please uh, join the Discord if you're not in there already for a chance to get them answered. We'll start off with Axe Wives. He says, do you think a highly successful release of Tales of the Jedi could incentivize Disney to bring Forces of Destiny or something similar to more eras, perhaps even outside of the Skywalker saga? So for that, I think it depends. I, I think Tales of the Jedi is a little different from what Forces of Destiny. I could definitely see the similarities, but I think Tales of the Jedi, what's going to be is, I mean, we only know about a first season. It's three episodes about Dooku, three episodes about Ahsoka. I believe if it continues, it would be the same format where it's like three episodes about a Sith character, three episodes about a Jedi character, something like that. Or perhaps three episodes about two Jedi. I don't know what Dave Filoni's little plan is. Apparently, he wrote it on a plane. Okay, so <laughs> I, uh, I think that if Tales of the Jedi is successful, I think what they're going to do is make more Tales of the Jedi and probably more Clone Wars content. Um, yeah. I I don't think they're going to take the message of like, oh, yeah, people want these random stories. Um, I would mm-hmm. love to see something like Tales of the Jedi and Forces of Destiny for other eras. Like Michelle and Chelsea mentioned earlier, the High Republic would be very cool to see something like that. Um, or just like any of the other eras, um, any of the books. For me, I think one that would be cool, which... These characters in the movies, Leia and Holdo, are in The Last Jedi, but I love Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And uh, mm. there's also some of the Star Wars adventure comics that show a young Holdo and Leia. I think that would be a cool way to get like a um, the cool Holdo and Leia story uh, in a show like Tales of the Jedi or Forces of Destiny. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, I do not think that a successful release of Tales of the Jedi will equate to that. I think it will equate to more seasons of Tales of the Jedi that may expand out to like Rebels timelines, <laughs> but I don't think it'll ever expand past that. Yeah, I agree. As much as I would want it, I don't foresee it happening. Yeah. I think Dave said that, did he not? Like at Celebration, that if Tales of the Jedi does well, that that's like, was it he was encouraging fans to support the show and to like... <laughs> you know share our love for it because then that means he gets to make more um so yeah i think yeah it seems it seems that that would be the direction with that particular show but hopefully i think in general if fans can show their love of animation star wars animation in general that will always encourage more um i'm so excited we have a when we have the high republic um advent what's it called Oh, um, oh my gosh, the High Republic Adventure, yeah. the, the know, animated show for like really, really, really about. little sh- little kids. Yeah, but that's like a full. I'm talking. We're getting like full 22 episode seasons for that. Like, I, you know, I'm going to be watching that 
Yeah. I don't care how how old <laughs> you're supposed to be watching it. I will be enjoying it. Like we have that coming out. We have Vision season two or volume yes. two. Sorry. Uh, love that. I could talk about that forever too. We have Visions. We have Bad Batch. More animation is on the way. So I think as long as we are encouraging that and keep showing our love for animation, I can certainly hope for more animation in the future. Um, <laughs> I do think that wonderful thing about Forces of Destiny is that it did stray away from the Skywalker mm-hmm. saga in many aspects, right? Like we had all the, uh, the Rebels episodes and all of the Clone Wars sort of focused episodes, um, which is amazing. And hopefully we will continue to get that in other Star Wars media. Um, but uh, my dream, if I were to, my dream animated show actually is an animated show set during the sequel trilogy. Like, mm. it could be in Forces of Destiny animation style, but I also wouldn't be mad if it was in, like, Rebels or Clone Wars animation. But <laughs> I think if there's one thing that, like, Forces of Destiny, as well as Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance have shown, is that they just add vibrancy to the movies and to the other pieces of Star Wars media that exist. Like, the prequel trilogy would not be what it is without Clone Wars. And so, um, and there's, I don't know, like, like we're saying, like, Austin, you talked about, you know, Ezra thinking back on his little duel with Ahsoka, like there are elements from Force of Destiny that I have now like really consider like such a vital part of like the Star Wars story, right? So I don't know, well, maybe one day we'll see more, we'll see more shorts or full, you know, um, like television shows with lots of episodes. Um, but that would be my wish is for just more in general, more sequel trilogy um, sto- uh, animation stories, um, because I think it will only, yes, in a funny way, it will add context to some of the decisions that were made in terms of narrative, but also just in a good way, we get to see those characters again. So Yes. Definitely. That was my roundabout, not really answering the question <laughs> response. <laughs> Amazing. No, I definitely agree. And Tom, uh, the question to sum it up simply is: Do you think a successful, do you think a successful release of Tales of the Jedi will equate to non Clone Wars animation content? No. Literally, like I said. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. farthest I see him going is like Rebels. Rebels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or maybe like slightly before Phantom Menace, like still Jedi era, you know, like mm-hmm. Republic yeah. Jedi era. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even yeah. think about we're going to get like fucking animated Grogu. Yeah. Really- I was thinking that we're going to get uh, like we have to oh. end up getting some sort of connection to like uh mandalorian like you can't convince me that the baby ahsoka episode wasn't written like dave filoni on that airplane feeling high and mighty like oh my god grogu was a success let's make ahsoka a child now (laughs) yeah yeah anyways uh right they just gotta reuse those assets they've already got like yeah that's pretty much what the show is it's like hey we've got these models lying around let's just use them that's what (laughs) that's all it's gonna be Yeah. Like, yeah. if you look at Bad Batch season one, it's like, yeah, you, you guys had all those assets of, like, <laughs> you know, all those yeah. planets, uh, you know. Oh, man. Anyways. <laughs> uh, all right. Our next question comes from Connor. He says, what do you think is the best and most underrated aspect of Forces of Destiny? 
for me, I've talked about this a lot uh, in this episode. I think it's just how much it actually adds to Star Wars and how many important moments it has. Like I said, Tar Vizsla is in here. They canonized a, you know, Gorax. Uh, there's a lot of other moments that I'm now blanking on because I'm trying to list them off. <laughs> um, I mean, like Ezra and Ahsoka's duel, things like that. Like there are key moments uh, or, or like full on confirmation that Ahsoka knows about Padme and Anakin's relationship. Like there's key moments in here. And I just feel like people like, I don't know. Cause we're in, we're in such a like age of fandom uh, with especially like Star Wars and Marvel, where a lot of the content that people want, um, or like the collective, like that collective loud voice on Twitter, what people want is like cameos and people coming across and big connections and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's like a show like Forces of Destiny, you know, that's literally what we've called a multiverse of madness like a hundred <laughs> times. How are fans not like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, it feels like such a big, important show. And I almost feel guilty that I've slept on it, even though I loved it. I'm like rewatching it. I'm like, I should have been going hard for this a long time ago. Like this is really good. So uh, what do you guys think? I mean, the whole show is underrated, like obviously. So, I mean, I think, I think for me, the best part is that for the most part, Star Wars is lighthearted, I'd say, but I, this is literally just pure, pure fun like there's just it's just feel good all around like i've said i feel like the animation makes it feel this way the all of the beloved characters the fun plot lines but just watching it just felt like a nice hug like it's just i kind of overuse that for when i like a piece of media but it really is just comforting like it's really just sweet and like you said if you're a star wars fan there's so much you can enjoy in this you know so yeah definitely yeah michelle what do you think? I I told I really agree with Chelsea. Um, it what a bundle of love and joy that this these cute little shorts are. Um, just just amazing. But I also think one element that I think is underrated, I guess, um, is that they are for kids. These are simple, like clear to follow stories that children can understand and children will appreciate and um yeah i i think it's just really cool that especially when you see the episodes of several characters teaming up or working together i think seeing that is so powerful um and you know for for young girls in particular to see someone that looks like them or someone that they can look up to and learn from i think is just so important um and the beauty of that is that if you're not a stubborn annoying adult you can enjoy them too and you know and find find the 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 beauty and like simplicity and and messages that still impact us as adults too like yeah we might have grown up but like so much of that is still relevant in our in our lives even now um so yeah i think that's that's my answer to that yeah um for me uh it's kind of more like the whole initiative itself like it is a series of shorts but i'm fairly sure the shorts came out of the product line rather than the other way around uh i'm not sure that's just my interpretation of the whole brand um i had so i bought with my friend there was a set of 
you can get a two pack of Kylo Ren and Ray. So we bought it together, and my friend took Kylo Ren and I took Ray because I had like a little collection of Ray merch. So I just had a Ray for a while, and like my niece was growing up, I like I got to a point I was like, I might as well just give this to my niece because like it's just sitting on my shelf. It's just sitting on my shelf. Um, so I gave it to my niece, and like she was kind of like not amazed by it. Like she wasn't like it was a doll. Like she's got dolls, so it's like kind of like another doll. But like she had a lightsaber, and like I think she really liked the lightsaber. I like. She's still quite young. Like, I even gave it to her, like, a year ago. But, like, it's the fact that, like, it's kind of... It has achieved what it set out to do mm-hmm. in terms of just bringing in younger female fans um, to the wider franchise. Like, it's a good it's a good entry point, um, I think. And, like, one thing as well is, like, going back to what I said earlier about it being, like, a merchandise line first and like i think like basically from what i can interpret they had a idea for a line of products and they wanted some advertisements for it but the fact that like they got these creators to like put in their full soul into these two minute adverts for some toys and make something meaningful from it is quite impactful to me no, I definitely agree. And like I said on the podcast a lot last week, is that I always look at Star Wars stuff and like when they have things going against them, like solo and such with such a complicated, you know, production and still turning out a fantastic product, like a product that I don't even have to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I had a I had a troubled production, so uh I, I'm gonna give it brownie points. Where it's like if they didn't have that troubled production, I still would love solo. I feel like the same here, where if these weren't adverts, I'd still, you know, love them. Even if they didn't have that going against them, I'd be like, Well, that's not a brownie point thing. Like you still slay, like, period. Um, and so I absolutely love this show for that. And yeah, I think it's a testament to like everything that goes on at like Disney and such. Cause I know a lot of people like to be like well, Disney as a corporation doesn't care about the representation that's going on. And it's like, okay, but like, what about the actual creator, the director that is, you know, pushing uh, for this diverse story or just something that Disney doesn't want to do? Like you could sit here and say, oh, Disney as a company, blah, blah, blah. They're being uh, productive or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Performative. Performative, yes. Where it's like, why like sure maybe disney as a company but the individual creators you you can't tell me that they're being performative you know like it's uh it's very much like these creators when they were writing sitting down their paycheck i bet you was not based on how many ray toys were sold so it's like their intent wasn't to sit here and sell the most ray toys or whatever so it's like i always appreciate and love the individual um creators for what they do but yes thank you so much for your guys's questions this week like i said please join the discord and we will always answer two at the end of each episode i know this episode's going on a little bit long and we had a long one last week too uh so Salvati, please take it away with your cast electric for the week my cast electric this week is kindly donated by you because i couldn't think of anyone <laughs> and you've been watching Breaking Bad, so you have gone for Kristen Ritter. 
AKA yes. Jessica Jones. Yes. Yeah. You are correct. Me and Chelsea have both been watching Breaking Bad, actually. And Michelle. Michelle, oh, yeah, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we were just talking about it, us three. Yeah. So actually, Tom, you can sit out of the cool kids club. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just okay, kidding. I'll go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but no, I actually really love Kristen Ritter. And I was shocked when I was like, wait, that's Jessica Jones. I didn't even realize it until like uh I didn't like, realize it until you said it a couple hours ago. I genuinely I would recognize yeah. my goth girlfriend anywhere. Y'all are fake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it, but um. Anyways, for me, I I know that Aura Singh is already a character that's been cast before, or she appeared in live action. She was in one random long shot that probably cost way too much money to even be in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's just a shot of her watching the pod race. Um, but I think that Prison Reader, if Aura Singh were to play like a like a big role in live action where like you need an actual actress and not just like a extra stand-in i think kristen ritter could actually play a good aura sing um and i kind of see the look like in her face that's not that's not rude against um that's not rude against kristen ritter <laughs> but i i kind of see the similarities like if there was makeup and such involved you know make her forehead bigger um i think i think i could fit with aura sing um yeah, what do you guys think? I. Uh, 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 Tom, you're last. This is your segment. You're last. No, I was just going to say, I feel like you've said, I feel like you've done Aura Sing a couple of times before. I feel like this is not the first time you fan cast someone as Aura Sing. No. We've definitely done. The one I, I always do other Twi'leks. I don't think I've cast anybody as Aura Sing. Because I would have been. We're going to look back. Yeah, I'm sure we also, have. Maybe I did. I would have. Yeah, but I would have remembered saying like the whole thing about I know she's been cast before because you know I don't want to sound stupid. So I feel I don't know. I feel like I would have remembered that. But anyways, <laughs> okay. That's what you're saying. What do you got? I think she would make a really cool live action interpretation of Orla Dureni. I think she oh! has. Sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think, <laughs> I think she has the range to do that kind of more because Orla is such a cool character that she's, you know, because she's a way seeker, you know, um, that wasn't intentional when I thought of that, by the way. I thought, wasn't trying to promote our own podcast within the podcast, but it just happened. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, like just from the characters that I've seen her play, she definitely kind of I feel like has that range to be, you know, a bit more kind of like I, I can't think of the word right now to describe Orla, but also non-traditional, like the way Orla is. And I think like she has like the right kind of like face shape. Like I could just very much picture her in like the white makeup and like having you know her hair is already dark but having it just like styled a certain way i think i think she would make a really cool orla you're so right i dig it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes michelle what do you think well i also had her as a high republic character um mm. i think she could pull off um maybe an older vernestra row Maybe. the thing is i'm not really caught up on my Kristen ritter um discography so i know her from <laughs> jessica jones and 
Breaking Bad. And that's it, I think, at least off the top of my head. So I'm purely going off of like, could I see her in green body paint and hair dyed purple? Sure. (laughs) So, yeah, but I don't know. Um, She she could pull it off. Um, I I know Vernestra's young, so I don't actually know how old Kristen is, but um, I guess guess in my mind, I'm like Vernestra's like a like a you know, like a teenager. Like, so I think they say she's like exactly like 17 or something. 16 yeah, or 17. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Tomothy, who would you cast for your own cast electric? I mean, it's not even my own cast electric. I mean, I say I've been thinking, I've been too busy trying to locate my thoughts for Forces of Destiny. Uh, <laughs> It's been a long day, y'all. But uh, my mind is currently at, like, maybe in the sequel trilogy, if we got, like, a new Naboo queen. Ooh. Or, like, Naboo oh. That's where my mind's like, at, like. Shut the fuck yeah. up, Tom. You're always so creative. You make all of us look dumb every time. It's because he's a filmmaker. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh. <was> able to. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, creative ones like that. Where I'm always like, "What Clone Wars character can we put?" <laughs> um, I've had some creative ones. I feel like I've, uh, I feel like what's the you've one worn one? out your creativity. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the the who did I cast as Pelimoto? Um, I think I, yeah. Oh, Pelimoto no, no, no. has an extra. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> who did I cast as a young version of uh, the lady who asked Ray? What her name was. Oh, the whole who was that? Oh my god. Yeah, who did I cast as that? I cast like a young actress as like a younger version of that character. I was on um, that episode. I should remember who, but I can't right now. I think was that's hilarious considering that woman has one line and you're going purely <laughs> off of like just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I just think it would be interesting to see. I mean, personally, I think that that one, I, I personally think that character is, I think her name's, uh, Cami, Cami, um, she's one of Luke's friends from Tatooine. Oh, yeah. So, like the way I always looked at it is that she's that same character. Um, she looks a little bit older, but at the same time, like look at Obi Wan. Okay, like clearly Tatooine is aging people up quite a bit. So I don't know. <laughs> that's that's my head canon. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right. I think that wraps it up for this episode of This Is the Way Seekers. Uh, so we're going to promote everything. Let's start off with Michelle. Now, first, I do want to say that, as we mentioned earlier, SWE Fiction is ongoing, yes. and we are currently releasing our Starbird Initiative, which is five short stories all about Star Wars Rebels characters, and the fifth one will bring them all together. We just released the second one this Sunday, which was Michelle's story, The Spirit of a Rebel, all about Harrison Dula in three parts, all about her story before Star Wars Rebels, but specifically before the Star Wars Rebels book, A New Dawn. So, Michelle, is there anything you want to say about that wonderful story? I had an absolute blast. Um, it was so fun. Uh, I love Hera, but like really getting to like really dive back into writing her and everything was so it was just so fun um i'm so grateful for the opportunity to like do something like that and obviously i love rebels and so yeah to visit to visit a character that means so much is was a joy and just having fun with it um it's out right now on uh the star wars editor website 
Um, and yeah. I realized um, I made <laughs> I made a Spotify playlist for it that I've not shared with um, the community yet. So perhaps I'll do that in our Discord shortly. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm would love to, if anyone has read it and let's talk about it. Um, let me know. I'll happily <laughs> talk to you about it. Um, but yeah, if you haven't read it, check it out. Uh, the Spirit of a Rebel. Yes. Yeah. yes. Don't read it. Please. It is fantastic. Yes, you can check that out on sweditorig.com slash fiction, or if you want to be taken straight there, sweditorig.com slash spirit of a rebel. All that will be in the description, as well as the link to the Spotify playlist, which if you're listening on Spotify, all you got to do is click over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Now let's move on to getting our social medias out there, and then we'll wrap this up so Tom can go to bed. Michelle, where can everybody find you on social media? You can find me at my very uh, uncreative username um, on Instagram, <laughs> Ahsoka X Tano. That's all one word. Um, yeah, I'm over there. Come chat. I'm also around on the Star Wars Editor Discord. So um, come chat. We'll have a great time. Hell yes. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on. We appreciate Thank you so you. much being our first guest and like i said it was very much fitting to have you on this episode as the queen of star wars animation uh, on instagram for years ever since i've known michelle always (laughs) posting about uh animation but not just like not just like the basic stuff like michelle digs deep where it's like where did you find that out michelle (laughs) 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 what dark web i love it thank you you know right god i wish right (laughs) it's funny because it's always like i always check and it's always like like she doesn't really post rumors or anything like that it's always officially confirmed stuff but it's just stuff that i'm like i didn't hear about that like (laughs) where is that from um but yeah anyways uh chelsea where can people find you on social media Y'all can find me on Instagram at Jedi underscore Chelsea. Yes. And <laughs> yes. And Tomothy, where can the people find you? Y'all should already know by now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me. Uh, my username is always the gaze electric. G A Y S. Yes. No Z. Okay. No I'm Z. Not that creative. <laughs> no yeah. Z here. Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Startup Wars to Editor on Instagram, Austin, S- SW Austin Zero on Twitter, and SWE Austin on TikTok. And then also you can follow Wayseekers Pod on Instagram and Twitter. All right, a mouthful. We got a lot to promote at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you all so much for being here. Let us know in the comments below what your favorite Forces of Destiny episode is. And we'll see you next time. Or Michelle, or Michelle won't see you next time. <laughs> I will see you next time. Chelsea will see you next time. And Tom will see you next time. Have a great week, everybody. And may the force be with you always. Bye. Bye. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.